Welcome to another episode of The Paragon Path. This is episode 10, Scouts Without a Doubt. We've got four amazing guests with us today to talk about everything that you can do to get better at scout. Make sure you can get those shots in, be where you need to be, control the battlefield the way you want to, and be the ultimate utility character you need to be. Stick around and enjoy. All right, and we are live. This is episode 10 of The Paragon Path. Um, this is Scouts Without a Doubt, because we are, I mean, I'm not. Y'all are proudly Paragon Masters of Scouts, so... That's what this episode is about. We have four guests today, because this is, you know, a class that needs a lot of explanation. So the four guests are going to explain themselves. We'll go over some tips and tricks, and then you guys will get to play Scout better, you know, when we can all play again. I don't know. Kingdoms are in different spots. So we're going to start with to the left of me, which is Arduin. Hello, I'm Arduin Felsong. I'm from uh, Viridian Outlands, Kingdom of Viridian Outlands now. I got my Paragon two years ago now. Nice. We're going to say on the top. My video is the only video that matters because it's the one that everyone will see. So on the right of me is Snow. Yo, I'm a Snow Wind Watcher. I was a former of a member of GP. That's where I got my Master Hoods out of. And now I've relocated to CK. So that's where I play out of. And we'll go... Left below, we've got Storm. I was muted. Hi, I'm Storm Thunderbrand. Um, I've been playing since uh, 2015. Um, I come from Gritty Netherlands. I was actually uh, Arduin's Paragon when he first started. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got my Paragon around 2017, I believe. Nice. Um, and... Last but not least, we've got Torgan. I'm Sir Torgan Coppermain. Um, I got my Paragon. Oh boy, it was like <laughs> six or seven years ago. I think I should have looked that up. Nah. Apologies, <laughs> I didn't. Nah. Don't it's worry, that relevant. is exactly what I did. <laughs> ah. <laughs> it's all really relative. It doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Tactics and and. Uh, I mean, abilities will change with each edition, but tactics and strategy are something that stick with you forever. So it's uh, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter when you got it. It matters to keep up the skills. So as always, we've got to make a rubric. We're asking new people to become Paragons. We've got to tell them what to shoot for. So what is the difference between a level six and a Paragon? We're going to start with Snow for this question. A level six and a Paragon. I'd have to say just looking at it from my point of view is level six is something that you get just from signing in whether paragon is i would have to say it have to revolve around just battlefield presence what you take onto the field making that class your own when you step out in front of a group it's whoa whoa hey you know hey he's playing scout let's let's hold up you know you change the whole aspect of the field that's what separates you from a level six to a master or a paragon. Mm -hmm. People are making strategies and tactics around you because you are such a big yes. in the field. Uh, let's go with Torgan for that as well. Uh, well, skills pay the bills, as they say. Um, it is all about skill usage for me. Yeah, level six, you can get that just from attending online things or showing up to classes, whatever. But on the field, if you know how to utilize your abilities, then you will stand out. Do you know that you have your releases and you use and use your heal on other people. I can't believe that it is something that people forget. 
Um, I know it used to be a thing, but that's beyond the point. <laughs> Another gig is, I'm not just talking about a tune, our evolution. We'll, we'll get there later. Um, you need to be more than just a lightly armored fighter on the field. You have a plethora of abilities. Don't forget to use them. Mm-hmm. We can't just be melee class A, melee class B, melee class C. There are some some abilities that go along with this and specialties. It's can't like... just cast sword. <laughs> as much as we have people that would love to just cast sword, there's more to our game. There's also shield. Um, <laughs> let's go with Arduin for that as well. Uh, well, at my field, we have a lot of veterans who, who have level 6 in so many classes just from being in the game so long. But really, I think one of the biggest differences between level 6 and Paragon is a love for the class. Because I, I got level 6 scout like a year and a half or so before before I got Paragon, but I played scout from like my second day at Damned Guard because I loved it. And like that's that's one of the biggest differences for me is I put in the work because I love the class and I just wanted to play it. I mean you gotta enjoy what you're doing, especially on a path that is Paragonhood. It's not uh I'm gonna get there now. That's not how this works. Um <laughs> you, you gotta put in the time. <laughs> it takes a little bit. Storm, what's your take on it? Um, level six is someone that would, um, uh, know their abilities and, uh, use them to an extent. And a paragon is some, is someone that can use those abilities to change games. Um, I, I don't really have a better way of explaining it, but, um, Kaz in an earlier one of your videos had a really good explanation of, um, MMORPGs when you hit level, yeah. uh, max level. A lot of people will tell you that um, your journey has just begun, yeah. and that's the same thing with Paragon. It's it really is true. I mean, we're not as much reliant on like farming and equipment and stuff like that. It's just refinement of your abilities and knowing when to use them, how to use them, the intricacies of like stuff, like knowing you can catch and you can release touch certain opponents, which is super cool and fun. But you can't touch release other opponent. Knowing those intricacies is what really pushes you beyond the level of. I'm good to I'm great and past that. Um, all right, we've got a rubric down. We know what we're looking for. So let's go to the beginning when you guys started playing Scout. What are three things you wish you knew when you started playing Scout or started on your Paragon path? So let's start with Torgan. All right. Number one, I wish I knew there was a Paragon path. When I chose <laughs> Scout, it was because my park had, it was a meta choice because my park had like four or five assassins that were just everywhere and just like we need a counter let's get out here and uh yeah it just stuck um number two the amount of people who don't know how tracking works is funny um I, I, it, this this will come to me every single time when i talk about this i was at an event and someone yelled at me to track a monk out of sanctuary yeah let that set in and the third thing is how big of a role we can play on the battlefield outside of I hold enchantments that can fight. Yes. That, yes. Uh, it, with the changes that are coming up or proposed changes for Gathering of the Crowns, 
Scout has been on my mind a lot, and just looking at it from like a caster perspective, I love your list. You guys have some of the best spells for utility ever. You don't have a lot of them, but you have some of the best. And it's like a, it, half of your list is what I take on every bard list. Just I'm like, oh, I want release. I'd love tracking. That'd be super fun. I want that heal if I'm playing a healer. You guys, it's all this stuff that I want. You guys have it. It's great. Uh, Storm. Uh, so number one, I wish someone would ex would have explained to me what EX abilities meant. Oh. Um, that is so useful, and it's something that a lot of people forget. Yes. Um, the importance of dispel magic on your uh, on your uh, list of things you can do is such a big thing, and I think uh, you were talking about the. I've looked into the gathering of the crowns that you're talking about, mm -hmm. and I I. I saw the dispel magic thing, and we'll—I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But we will. yeah. <laughs> um, and number three, uh, learn your charging can, because for the exact same reason that you were talking about, we have a lot of things, but we don't have a lot of them. What we do have is chargeable stuff, and that it will help a lot. It's—it's it's really annoying, and I, it's happened. I've seen it way more often than I think most people have. Because I'll play Power Bard or uh, uh, Sangha Power Bard, and I'll sit there and I'll start chanting Sangha Power, and then people will come up and they'll forget the charge incant entirely and just mumble for like a minute and a half and then walk away. It's like that's not how our game works, but I get sure a minute and a half is way too long. Just learn the charge incant. It's like seven lines or something. It's super easy. Um, four, and four? it's so easy to get four lines, and is it's it so easy for you. It is four lines. Four, 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 and then it, in, and then it's in your head, so it flows so well. It, just learn it. Just learn it. Dude, just stay in the car when you're driving to work. That's oh, all you gotta do. Yeah. The shower, the car, where like at work, if you've got a really loud machine next to you, no one will hear you. Just keep saying it. Doesn't it doesn't matter. It's easy. Um, Snow, what's your take? Three. Or Storm, did you get your three? Yep. Okay. Yeah, cool. you just finished with me. Uh, I just want to make sure I you wish got your three. Yeah. Um, uh, I guess when I first started, I guess just telling me uh, back in in late six, early seven, uh, how much the class would change till now. <laughs> so that that's a that's a big one right there. Uh, other than that, I'd have to take a ride on that and say uh, definitely practicing my charge. Because uh, I am terrible at, at wordplay when it comes to that. It's... Other than that, just getting used to uh, dropping those points from way back in the day when you peg somebody with an arrow from four to eight points all the time. That's just, I'm old school like that, so I'd have to say that for me. It uh, Bose took a beating from six to seven to eight. Yes. And uh, some of the focus groups I'm in, they're still yelling, Bows are too powerful. I'm like, Dear, did you read any of six at all? They're yeah. not. Wear armor. <laughs> just, physical armor is eighty percent of most other most melee class. Like everyone besides monk is like, hey, you get two points or three points, or if you're you know paladin or anti paladin uh, or warrior, it's like four or five or six. Put some stuff on. It's easy. Um, yeah, <laughs> it amazes me sometimes what like the amount of nerf we put on the bow yet it's still very effective in the right hands in the right hands it is a lethal destructive piece of equipment that needs to be on the field still what's your take arduin 
Uh, well, I'd go with a bow, actually. Um, I would I, I would have wished people told me how useful a bow could be on the field, even just for distraction, because that's how I start my game. I'd usually just shoot off a couple arrows, but like I I didn't think about it because I was like, oh, well, you can dodge arrows, but <laughs> they're really... <laughs> really useful and uh being able to track opponents and teammates out of out of insubstantial that's something i wish i knew a lot earlier on and uh yeah ex abilities as well like i wish wish i understood better ex abilities they're kind of a mess currently the way it's written is like like half telling you to ignore certain rules but then remember these ones and it does this but not this and there's at one point i remember we had a ruling stating that enchantments that grant abilities their abilities are considered magical even if the original ability is ex and it's just all these back and forth little weird problems interactions i think it's something we need to fix but like ex abilities just ignore pro mag entirely which is hysterical. Oh my god. If I remember correctly, you can cast them without a free hand as well, right? Because they're not mm -hmm. magical abilities. Yeah. And they uh they're not magical, they don't break they are an incant. Um, but they don't need that free hand. That's super nice. If they're ambulant, I'd I only think tracking is two. Tra tracking, tracking is EX ambulant. and ambulant. Yeah, and then there's not many other ambulant abilities that anybody else gets without adding ambulant to it. It's a it's kind of a rare attack on, but tracking a ranged release from insubstantial, golden, just great. Um, all right, so we've got three things we wish we knew. Let's go on to some common mistakes that we've seen on the battlefield that uh, we wish people would avoid more, and possibly the reasons why it's bad. But I think we'll all go into that pretty easily. Uh, Arduin, let's start with you. Assuming there's going to be someone to give you enchantment is big especially with scouts because a lot of people see uh evolution and they're they're hoping that there's a druid out there ready to give them a give them a golem stack and that's not always the case you gotta you gotta prepare mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah that's one of the biggest things for me i'd say yeah the relying on another class to make your class useful is no, I wouldn't say never a good plan, but it's often not a great plan. And mm. you guys do have evolution, which kind of relies on somebody else to give you something, but it doesn't have to be a druid. It could be, I mean, uh, scouts with void touch would be terrifying. Just <laughs> steal life for all your charge abilities. You have some immunities on top of that now, plus you have armor breaking with all your swings. Just nightmarish be great um any other common mistakes for you um not getting armor i'd say or not not diversifying really because like one of the best things about scout is you can do so much with it and i see a lot of people that just go low and they just stick to that the whole time like mm -hmm. you you gotta try different things with this class that's that's how you really make it shine got versatility in your equipment choices use it so now what are some common mistakes to avoid uh i would have to say it's pretty basic but when you're out there just rocking a bow 
definitely have other weapons on you. That's a that's a big one. <laughs> that's a that's one I see quite a bit, especially with newer people coming in. Not bashing on them, just uh, trying to help them out a little bit. Just hey, take something else. Even if you're not good with it, it's something to have in your in your background. Other than that, you know, I would have to say uh, stop focusing on the hard stuff first and learn your easy stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, really take a step back and uh, just look at the field and learn it. See where you fit. Right. I mean, everybody can benefit from learning tactical and strategic uh, abilities and a thought process that are that way. But scout, because you fit basically anywhere you want to go, you got to know where you're going to be the most effective and choose that spot and make it count. And it's exactly, I mean, the ability to carry a bow, like you can bring a bow and a shield to the field. You just can't have them with you at the same time. Yeah. You can go where you want. Just make sure your shield or bow are available to get picked back and forth. It's fantastic. Super nice. Um, Torgan. Uh, everyone's already touched on it a little bit, but yeah, please remember that the abilities are EX except for old person. Yeah, which, the only one. Which is really weird to me, but that's a whole different conversation. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I could see how, uh, you know, you don't have to point with your finger. Uh, you could just do a mid-combat old person. That'd be a little, little bit strong, but maybe. <laughs> I mean, if you got a shield in hand, all you got to do is just, like, open the palm. It's no longer counted as wielded. It's carried, so that's your open hand. You point generally with it, and you're done. Right. But, yeah, also remember with the EX, your touch can be any limb to anybody. I have stepped on people's feet while releasing them while holding somebody (laughs) off type of deal. Like, don't be afraid to not just use your hands. Mm -hmm. Um, Secondary thing, as Arduin said earlier, yeah, pick up a bow, fire a few shots across the field, even if you don't think they're going to get somewhere, they still have to think about it if it, it moves lands close feet. to them. Yes. It moves feet very effectively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Archer episode, they talked about having a loaded but a loaded bow is the same thing <laughs> as a shove because people just, like, don't want to get shot. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you're just walking around the field with a bow. Not drawn. Arrow's knocked, but you're not... It's not drawn. People are just like, I don't really... Nah, I'm okay. <laughs> Don't even need the ability. That kind of works. That works with our Dispel, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's amazing how many times people mm-hmm. don't want to lose their enchantments. So, don't forget, it can be a shove. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we talked about in the Wizard um, episode, that's using your fake, your, your stutter casting or your um, false castings, making people think you're casting it, and then stop and just start over again, or do another uh, incant or anything like that, it doesn't use your ability. So that one D-mag turns into a bunch of shoves. It's it's still a D-mag. Yeah. Cool. yeah. I mean, when uh, when Steve decides to like take your bluff and charge at you in six points of armor and four enchantments and two flails, now you have that D-mag. Hopefully you don't find yourself in that situation. Eh, he's, <laughs> he's back from uh, Germany now, so it might happen. Yeah. Um, final thing is don't disrespect the throwies you should probably Mm. carry a couple with you because those are very nice surprises especially if someone's like oh you dropped your bow it's like yeah you got me nah (laughs) (laughs) and you guys only get uh, large throwies yeah that's right Uh, I know they're a little more cumbersome to carry around but I've seen some really ingenious ways to carry them I mean different bandoliers and things like that um 
somebody had little strings attached to them and they were basically just pinched in a linchpin on their hip and they could just pull them out like kunai and throw them it's pretty cool a bunch of different they're not ideas. too bad either for cumbersome you can make them flat mm -hmm. yep. they can fit quite a bit i think they minimum is like 10 inches too so they're not too bad no it's just not the same as the uh the assassins but two and a half ball. inch pucks yeah <laughs> yeah it's like i can carry 160 of these in a backpack ready there's there's one guy in the park who brings a, a laundry basket Oh my god. I have like 60 of them. He dumps half of them on the field in one spot, walks over, dumps half on another spot, and just goes back <laughs> to his pond. I mean, you could do that as a scout. There's the, a lot less in that bag. Yeah. Still works. Projectiles like are two bags. Two bags. Um, any other common mistakes that we missed? Yeah, I didn't get to go. Oh, my yeah. bad. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. Um,. It's similar to the Barbarian. Um, don't um, use all your abilities at once. Kind of spread them out. Kind of pick when you're going to use them because you don't have a lot. Yeah. Um, to um, don't get set into one combat style. I think we, we touched about it with the bow, but um, I see. A, I got into the habit of doing sword and board a lot don't do <laughs> yeah a lot of people do um but uh you have the ability to do a lot a lot of range a lot of flow sword and board uh throwaways you have everything use it yeah um uh, you can't you can't be you can't be a cowboy as a scout you need to um work with your team figure out where you'll be most effective and and go from there you can't really like um warriors one of those ones that you can kind of get away with it of like well i already know that i should be up front so i'm just gonna go do that they already know i'm gonna do that so i'm gonna go do that scout um you really want to talk with your team especially when it comes to enchantments um it was it was like what Arduin was saying that you're not going to always have that druid but you may have a healer or, or a wizard that might be able to give you some fun stuff so communicate, see what you can find. Yeah, learning the enchantments that other classes have is also super... I think it's vital for... I'd say everyone should learn it, because then you can learn what works best with your class, what doesn't work best with your class. And, uh, I mean, no one knows better what works for you than you. So if you know what your options are, you can pick and choose what you like. So, like, I know I love Phoenix Tears, because I'll... Drop Phoenix. I'll get Phoenix Tears myself. It opens up an ability to play songs as well, so I can bounce around and still enchant myself using my songs. That doesn't work for everyone because they don't fight the same way that I do. We don't spin through spawn, like songs back and forth every single six seconds. But find what works best for you, make it happen, and then talk to your teammates about you know having those enchantments on hand. If you like having uh, Gift of Earth ask people to take it i'm not saying that's the best option but like if that's what you first, want first off why <laughs> i don't know you you don't want to talk or cast I, I don't i guess depending on the day if i don't want to wear armor it might be okay um yeah to learning the enchantments is super important and i think it's another learning everybody else's classes is such a tall order but it does help. 
because then you can target and see other people on the field and you're like oh that wizard could potentially have wounding i don't really want to get wounded 30 feet away from him so let's move on to something else we'll go over here whatever that it, it definitely will change the way you mentally think about the field and like snow was saying fit on the field where you fit best make it make it and, and on that point it's not as big as a uh um a uh how how would i word it a uh, chore as you think um when you're learning the other classes all you really need to do is learn how they can affect you and the rest of your team but more more importantly you right so it's like we were saying before druid is a really good example of this of how many enchantments they have but wizard i prefer the enchantments off wizard just because of how much um damage you can do with them yeah they're and all, that's all just, offensive that's exactly and that's just all knowledge of the class right mm -hmm. so oh god now i'm thinking about scouts with vampirism <laughs> that's that's too much power all right um yeah we got all kinds of combinations <laughs> well I mean, not get, just from druid you get <laughs> we'll talk about it a little bit but you guys get a free enchantment slot like mm -hmm. great Bellcasters love us man they don't have to use an attunement it's right? great should um, all right, so we were just talking about it, but we're going to go deeper into it. Where does Scout fit on the battlefield? Roles, positioning, meta, size of field changes. Um, Storm, because I kind of forgot you on this last one. How about you start this one? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, on small field, um, it, you're, it, how, how are we determining small field, Merrick? Are we talking like five, six people or a team? I'd say like ten or less. 10 or less okay yeah so at that point you'd be roughly 10 percent of your stick on your team mm -hmm. so chances are you're going to be more of a frontline fighter not saying that you're going to be stuck there but chances are um it it, it really just um it, it's like we were talking about before of talking with your team finding out where you'll fit best and adapting to what you need to do <clears throat> excuse me yeah especially with your kit like if you don't have the throwies today or something like that, knowing where you can fit in based on the stuff you've got. And and communicating that to your team. Mm -hmm. Right. It's um, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I kind of com I combined two of these questions, I think, because we were talking about size of field in one of them. Um, but uh, medium-sized field, you're allowed to be a little bit, or you're able to be a little bit more open on where you can go. Mm -hmm. um, again, communication with your team uh, is key, and then large field uh, flanking is super important. And with the amount of stuff that you have, um, it's not really good frontline because there's so many targets. You're you're probably gonna run run out of stuff. But if you flank and you you find the the skirmishes that you're well suited to, you can be a terror. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, pick and choose your fights. Well, is, I mean, basically every melee player should. And most people should learn how to pick and choose their fights correctly. Anyways, I mean, <laughs> casters have a little bit of a different setup because you're picking and choosing on different parameters, but you're still picking and choosing your targets. You're not casting awe at a barbarian because that's not how that works at all um but you are picking and choosing fights that you know either you can win or you're going to come out on top with a positive benefit either way that's a that's a huge factor becoming a paragon because 
now you're not spending wasted time trying to beat something that you know you can't or you don't think is a is gonna be worth your time it's it's time management but it's it sounds way more fun when we say pick and choose your fights right <laughs> and on that point too um if you're if your team needs you to take on something that you might not be well suited for um it's like we were talking about before before enchantments can change a game oh yeah um if you're being asked oh there's a six point warrior out this way we need you to take him out okay you got an armor breaking enchantment because i'm gonna need that you know <laughs> i actually yeah you guys are no, used to that yeah 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 you get that armor break like uh what you're saying a uh, void touch was yeah. uh, gives you armor breaking yeah my god would would that help you know plus you've got your d-mag that you can pop on the get rid of the warrior. ancestral off of yeah them. yep that's a very combo. well suited for that all right that's my next check on my list is just always bring void touch for scouts and bards um and, and assassins dude holy crap oh that's a good point unlimited poisons <laughs> i don't know i like it better on anti-paladin because like they have poisons they have some brutal strikes they have yeah. some ridiculous stuff that they've got and now three poison. immunities oh god well yeah yeah because yeah. it's the sorcery yep flame and death uh yeah well and spirit because they're cursed right which is a weird... uh, offensive immunities yeah it's it's a little wonky but it works Arduin, uh rolls in the battle. or no you've got large battlefield left steel storm or uh no i went through it you went, I went through, through it flankings, flankings that's right yeah. okay it's been a long weekend it's come on mayor keep up I, I thought today was Sunday when I woke up this morning because I had like half of yesterday off. So I'm a I'm a little bit like this is the end of the weekend. I got a whole other day left. Booyah! Right. All right, Arduin uh, rolls in the battlefield. Uh, I was pretty lucky because when I started at my field, we were a small barony, and we worked our way up to a large duchy. Ooh. So I I got a lot of experience across all sorts of fields. Um, like roles and positioning, I think, I think that depends on where your strong suits are, but I, like, as a scout, I usually, uh, I'm a little tankier, like I have three points everywhere, so I tend to, I tend to square up a little more with the front line. Mm -hmm. If they have warriors or something, then I still have my dispel to threaten, and I have whole person like i i can work around those things but like like storm said like flanking is so good as a scout <laughs> like medium and large fields like you can you can really do some destruction with flanking you guys are mobile as all get out like no questions asked you guys are probably one of the most mobile classes besides assassin who just goes invisible and then or not it goes insubstantial and then runs around it that way like mm -hmm. three points of armor ranged weapons you've got releases to get yourself out you get the heal in case you get wounded you guys have get out of free jail cards left and right just to keep running and it's amazing when you can actually utilize that mm -hmm. so, yeah sometimes oh, yeah. no you're good <laughs> sometimes i find uh like positioning is a little weird mm -hmm. on our field like we we go through and i'm sure every field does this but we go through our 
little phases where everyone's playing a barbarian today <laughs> and <laughs> next week everyone's metas change and adapt a lot yeah at, at your field in particular week. it's nuts oh yeah like it's it's bananas but like the positioning like that's another good thing about the class is you you can kind of fit yourself in on the front line if you have to but then switch to switch to flanking or switch to a little more in the middle so you're like releasing and trying to heal and stuff mm-hmm. but yeah you just gotta know you gotta know your opposing classes like barbarian and warrior are really like the two classes two melee classes at least that i'm always worried about because like barbarians have armor breaking and they usually carry a pole and uh warriors like you, you have to outstick them for six points like that's it's, hard. it's a lot a, yeah it's not a winning battle a lot of the time yeah if you've got i mean it, it's really difficult to outstick someone so well that has twice your amount of armor it just mm-hmm. you got to be almost warlord levels above them to just get it to work and uh i mean if you can do that great but there's not that many warlords that are also paragons like there's a there's a handful i know of and they're the the lower percentage of warlords so but that's where the enchantments come into play where you can you can really change the tide in your favor it's just like we were saying you have a dispel magic for that ancestral Mm -hmm. and you if you have that void touch you are now taking their armor instead of Instead of six point or six or seven hits to kill them, it's now closer to four, five, mm-hmm. right? It it does make a difference. It all adds up, and it's, I mean, enchantments I think are a great equalizer as long as the sources are equal on both sides. Because I mean, if you're trying to balance two teams and you put two druids on one and none on the other, that's a you're looking at one slaughter of the target's face. Yeah. You're looking at one <laughs> slaughter from one side. <laughs> And just a a real bad time on. <laughs> Maybe if one's level one, like <laughs> I got bark skin, guys. Let's go. Yeah. Entangles. <laughs> uh, don't discount entangle heat weapon dagger combo. Oh my god! No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> the dreams. Um. Yeah. Back to battlefield sizes. Snow. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I just have to uh, probably uh, just go along with that. I think you know field sizes change every day, but going back to just small field sizes, I think yeah, you're 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 pretty much like like Storm said about ten percent of the stick out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not gonna run a stick regardless. I'm still gonna rock the bow. So. Um, it doesn't matter to me, but I think you do need to really take a look at what you're bringing and utilize it correctly as to, okay, hey, we're playing on a bit of a smaller map here. I'm not going to want to utilize some of these abilities that take a while to cast or hang around. Mm-hmm. I, I want something pretty immediate. Whereas medium and large fields, I think positioning and everything like that is uh, a little bit, I think it's a little bit more lax on you. Uh, you have a little bit more time to really look around and go, okay, where am I going to fit? Just being so 
what's the word for it? Just being able to to put yourself in in different spots and really fit well there. Um, you have the time, and I think to me, you have the time and luxury to really take a step back and go. You know, my team's kind of failing on this left flank, and let let's go let's go beef that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or hey, my team all around is doing pretty good. Let's let's take some of these pockets that I see and just apply a little bit more force here, a little bit more pressure, and and really just change the field on medium and large fields. I think. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it comes down to like communication basis of moving troops takes so long. If you're trying to get yeah. ten people to move in one direction, it takes a million times longer than it takes to get two people, and that could be the same percentage of your team based on different field sizes. Exactly. Ten percent of your stick. You can get 10% of your stick to the front line now because it's you. If you yes. got 1,000 people on the field, 10% is 100. You're not getting those people to the front of the field anytime soon. <laughs> you are you are, <laughs> you are are waiting five minutes for those people to be like, oh, we got to go right over there. Let okay. me throw my armor on again. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> now, you played in GP and CK. And, yes. And uh, they have quite different styles from what i've been told of their their events and their fighting style they're like event battle games i would i would have to say gp is is a lot more um at least class-based fighting okay you don't you don't really get a lot of the uh the stick fighting in there where there are some people that yeah rock the stick all the time great but it's a lot more class and depth Mm. and coming from both kingdoms you have to it it's really changed my play style to where I have to focus around. Okay, you know, I got to watch this. I got to watch this barbarian. I've got to watch this wizard. You know, what are their abilities? What you know, what that wizard take? You know, what what's it gonna do? Versus in CK, it's a little bit more stick heavy. So pretty much, it's what I see is what I get. Okay, I got a guy coming at me. Flow. All right. You know, at this point, it's it's. Do I know this person? Is he good with flow? Should I stay back and just peg him with arrows the entire time? Mm-hmm. You know, I think. Again, it's just reading the field and seeing where you fit, and doing that research in that part. If you're going to, if you're moving to a new kingdom, you got to learn those players. I mean, if you're in GP, you've got. Oh, now I'm spacing on GP major players right now. That's so (laughs) terrible. I know if you go to CK and you're on the field and you see a short dude running around in leather armor, that's Diego, and he's gonna wreck you something fierce (laughs) because that's what's gonna happen. But if you're, like, up in Polaris and you see uh, somebody in no armor with a really sick tunic running at you, looks like he's in his 40s, that's PTQ, and he's also going to wreck your shit. But you got to just know the difference between those two people and what you can do. And just recognizing, I mean, stick skill, battle skill, everything, learning those players is going to be leaps and bounds above what you are going to be able to do before that, tactically and strategically. I, I think it, it goes back to, to what you said. It is a lot of communication. Uh, being new or being old on the field, it, everyone's been there where you're sitting there waiting for the game to you know, be laid on, and people will tell you, hey, uh, watch out for that guy. He's really good. Or watch out for this person. You, know? it's, you get a lot of information just by communicating before the game even starts. Yeah. So. And those big inner kingdom, like Spring War gets a lot of attention. Oh, yeah. Um, keep on the borderlands it's got a lot of people and i mean even if you travel a whole time you're not going to know everybody so ask people exactly. from that kingdom i mean i'd say ask people from their kingdom but it's really hard to tell when everyone's just wearing like 
fighting fighting company colors, and you're like, ah, yeah, crap! Please. Everyone is a Saracen. Where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I lost my train of thought. It just exploded. Scout fits on the battlefield. You. Do you believe in me? That's good. Target, can you tell us where Scout fits on the battlefield? For your opinion. So y'all hit it really good. Um, I've always been a little bit more of a defensive fighter, except for the case of small and medium fields, where I like to play a game called Bounty Hunter. Mm. <laughs> you guys have all tapped on it really nicely. Of hey, I need you to get this armor breaking in chance so I can go after that guy. Or hey, there's a really annoying bard behind the crap out of everybody. Luckily, I've got an adaptive blessing here to go charge that sucker down quick. Hopefully, they <laughs> use off. Um, but it's one of the fun things to do on the small and medium fields. You see a problem, identify it, get help if you need it, otherwise charge it down. Um, in the large-scale games, I find myself more sitting back either where the objective is or sitting more towards where our targets are, or more squishier targets, mm -hmm. kind of doing... I dubbed it Overwatch. I don't know what the heck I actually call it. But basically, when I hear teleport or, uh, insubstantial on the left or something like that, sprinting that direction to go get that guy, mm -hmm. just trying to hold back the home defense here. Right. Um, that's more my game. It's like the, the midfield play. It's kind of where I think I've found most support casters that aren't about resing rely. Like mm -hmm. the... Um, support bards, support healers. Uh, every once in a while, you got to support druid. Those people are running around the, that middle field area that's not in the first or second line, but isn't quite back at respawn yet. Just making the best of their their abilities and what they can and can't do, and making sure that everyone stays, you know, hundred percent ready to go. On top of it, no one's getting flanked. Super important. Yeah, it's very important. Yeah. It's. I mean, tracking is such a good spell. I just mm -hmm. want I want it as a bard every once in a while. I'm like, I got to G-release someone. That is so much more work. I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's a larger spell. I only have a limited amount of them. No. You guys get tracking, and you can sprint after them at top speeds without using Ambulance. It's unfair. Um, I mean, I could say Ambulance to make you feel better. No. <laughs> it's already there. It's a good ability. I like tracking. It is... Just versatility of the scout class is just outrageous, which is what we're going to talk about next. Scout is one of the most versatile classes on the field, um, but it runs into the problem of being over, you overgeneralize yourself. So how do you guys not fall into that trap? Uh, let's start with Snow. Uh, I think it's, it's all about how you, how you make, I think it's all about how you mix it up. Mm -hmm. Honestly. Um, whether I mean, you you don't want you definitely don't want people looking at you and going okay you know, this is he's gonna oh, he rocks bow all the time this is what's gonna happen, this is how he's gonna play. Mm -hmm. I think instead of falling into that, I, I think change it up. You know maybe maybe you want to go out there flow. Maybe you want to go out there sword and board. Change it up and see how it works. Maybe maybe you're just giving yourself practice, um, seeing how it works. Doing it that way just changes up the whole field because then your opponents on that side are like, whoa, well, hey, he's not rocking a bow. How is he going to do this round? Mm -hmm. I, I think, I, I think that's how you, you you don't you don't fall into that is by constantly changing it up, constantly 
you know, changing up your your uh, the way you you would do spells and everything like that. Mm-hmm. How how you sit on the field, even even hey, you might go left the entire time when Leon's called. Go right, go straight down the middle, head for the front lines. Mm-hmm. Change up, be. I mean, you could even throw some like feints in there, like bring the bow to the field and then put yeah. it down right away. Exactly. Oh my god! Exactly. <laughs> We play exactly. mind games on warlord levels here. Let's go. <laughs> I've I've definitely done that. It's, like, uh, <laughs> it's 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 quite hilarious to see what the reaction of the other team is too. That would yeah. be fantastic. I, Watch the entire team load up on pro proj, and then you're like sticks. It's really funny because <laughs> I, I I normally run crossbow. It's just a preference. So I'll go out there, I'll I'll start walking, and then I just literally just drop it and go flow, and just watch their all their faces sink because <laughs> now they know that oh he's coming at me and now I'm I'll be twenty feet and with within range to do that extraordinary dispel magic mm-hmm. while holding both my swords. It's oh it's so funny. <laughs> Got the versatility, use it. Um, Arno, and how do you avoid falling into the trap of being too generalized? Uh, well, learning learning other classes is a is a big thing because you gotta you gotta try and work around that. Like sometimes I forced myself to do specific uh, like specific jobs on the field. Like I just say, okay, I'm gonna run support for for this game, or I'm gonna do only flanking for this game, mm-hmm. and like learning where those are useful or learning where they're not as useful, but you can still pull it off. Like that's that's really helpful. Like just trying to trying different things because you can walk out to field with two swords, a long sword, a shield, a bow, and half a dozen throwies. But that doesn't mean you have to use all of them that game. <laughs> Very true. You bring the arsenal. Use what you want. Mm-hmm. It's God. I wish that was available for. I play caster so often, I have to pick and choose my weapons, and I'm like, I get a sword and the shield, and zit. This is my whole thing. <laughs> I look at the melee the classes. People. Yeah. Melee classes walking out there with a garbage bag worth of weapons, and just like, alright, this is what I got today. <laughs> Darn it. Could I have a pole arm? <laughs> um, yeah, so the generalization, it sounds like so far, we've been it's a lot about where you're on the field and your equipment you choose to bring. Um, are there any abilities that, or styles of using abilities that are more uh, either not not necessarily non-intuitive, but like different or kind of from left field that people never normally don't expect you guys to use? Is that something that you guys have tried or practiced on in the past? Just for anybody to answer, we're just like open discussion at this point. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> I yeah, find I it, have a I friend. Find it, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Argo. <laughs> I have a friend who's actually going for Paragon Assassin, and what I've been doing, well, not not lately, obviously. Yeah, COVID. But yeah, <laughs> when when we were on field, I was trying to track him out of blink behind the enemy line because people just completely forget that that exists. Like you can, oh. you can track your teammates, and <laughs> that's what tracking... I had for Rackham and Tactic as well. I call it the, the assassin uh... bomb. 
Yeah, because uh, no, no one expects them. Yeah, because no one expects them to come out because they're ten feet within range. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then you just track them. Don't forget yourself. I was about yeah. to say too. <laughs> tracking yourself out of shadow step is hilarious. Or if yeah. you're being teleported, you want to drop out early. For sure. Dang. Yeah, and tracking uh, bards when they when they use uh, song of. I, survival. I forget the, yeah, song survival. Either one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> don't use song of visit, by the way. If, if any bars listening, don't you just don't. It's not good. <laughs> song of survival. It used to be. It used to be, and the, so I'm gonna put this in here. They used to have a long paragraph explain how it worked, and then we found out that basically that meant you could just run behind enemy lines, drop your weapons, song of survival, and then start like finish it and then start walking back basically immune to everything um and then you could pull yourself out of it which was hysterical and amazing because it was just a backstabbing thing they rewrote it to change it so you are immune to everything that's not uh yourself or you're immune to yourself but everybody else can basically mess with you as long as it can affect and substantial and it, it really changed the way that that thing works so do it with Song of Survival instead. Just run behind enemy lines, get stabbed, and then start walking back. Pop yourself out using anything, and now you're behind enemy lines. You guys could do that with tracking and to other people. Yep. You've got the, the teleports. You've got a kill with tracking using gummies and ummies, which is super funny. Um, anybody teleporting, you can chase them down and get that. That blink a thing, I had never thought of that. Legitimately never thought to tracking a blinket assassin out that's on your team so he can backstab someone immediately that's hysterical it's even, it's even better if you don't use a name you just use the two descriptors because then the people are looking at themselves like who's wearing that <laughs> they didn't they didn't look behind them yeah it all it's so funny uh, who's wearing red and black i'm in green oh, yeah tap tap oh crap <laughs> did not think of that that is amazing okay I'm continuing this question. Are there other in like really ingenious ways to use your abilities that people don't think about? Or uh, I'll open this up as well. Are there any old abilities that were super fun and ingenious to use? Because thinking about different ways to do things or old ways to do things can make you think of new ways. I mean, we ain't got no traps anymore. You got a whole person. That was the <laughs> trade-off. That was the weird, awkward trade-off. Turn your traps into hold person. I mean, turned assassins and scouts trap into hold person, and then it got weaker. But eh. we're now. I'm a I'm a V8 through and through, so I'm gonna need a little bit more explanation here. Um, uh, tra <laughs> traps were the ones that you could you could set before the game, right? Or was it during the game? It's during. Okay. Yeah, during. Yeah, it was literally just like a loop of cloths. Oh. <laughs> if they stepped in it, they had to crack. They, were so, they had to attack the damn loop for ten. <laughs> Jesus, that's hilarious. There are some cool, yeah. ridiculous things in V six and seven for scouts and assassins that are just gone because we didn't want to deal mm -hmm. with field obstacles. Yeah, yeah. You had camouflage, earthbind, antidote to poison. Yep. Oh, I forgot about antidote to poison. Yeah, I don't want. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you're you're fine. I just remember starting, and I was like, "Man, after the poison, how do I do that?" And my explanation was, "You got a water bottle? Yeah, just take a drink out of it. That's it." I was like, "Really? 
Yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> All right. That's easy. She's always uh, had a water bottle. <laughs> yeah. Just always had a water bottle. Oh, you had Truth? Truth was. Oh, yeah. We did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was I our what, was eight... Bard and Assassin and V7. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah. Truth was the. Uh, our, our interrupting for casting back in the day. Oh. Yeah. So you could. Uh, you know, was it Truth? Uh, Fire Truck have nine letters. And at the time, you had to get a yes or a no, but it had to be true. Uh, then they changed it so you could just satisfy with a nod or a, or a head shake. Oh, okay. But it essentially froze you until you could answer yes or no. So depending on your yes or no questions, you could freeze somebody up pretty good. <laughs> I like that. Just sounds start a... telling them riddles. Basically, yeah, pretty much. That sounds a lot like um, uh, Charm from the bard of just like you have to make a rhyme yeah. that makes them do something and it's like these are some ridiculous oh, yeah. things <laughs> yeah. God. i yeah. did not know well, about truth i did not remember truth i read the v6 and 7 rule books and they're um they're something else they're they're not v8 mm-hmm. they're they're definitely a different style of game but the the mentality coming from v7 to v6 or v6 to v7 and then from v7 to v8 there are some interesting things that were carried over and some interesting mindsets and tactics that people either latched onto and didn't like let go of, like the fact that barbarian should be warrior counter it to like counter to warrior, where that's not true in V eight at all. And other things like the the scout is the woodsy thing, kind of, because you had all these nature based abilities and that's why all your abilities are extraordinaries because none of them were actual magic in v7 mm-hmm. they were all just like i got a stick i'm fixing my weapon i got a new weapon <laughs> this is ridiculous cool stuff okay back on track for the versatility because uh, i got blown away by tracking a blinked assassin on your own team <laughs> I like it. I'm going to so use that when I play Scout next time. Or Assassin. I'm going to have someone else do that. That is... I love it. Um, Torgia, what are some some things you do to not fall into that trap of being overgeneralized? Well, they all ruined the tracking surprise. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Research. Look up the Amber Book. Learn abilities. Learn the enchantments. Learn the classes. Do your homework. Our class is all about preparation. We do not do very well against surprise situations, but that's a different conversation for later. Um, Otherwise, we are just a lightly armored speed bump in certain situations. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Preparation is key. If you can prepare for it, you're probably going to wind up good on the other side. But yeah, just research things. (laughs) That's all I got. Storm? Learn your states. Yeah. Oh, God. Learn your states. (laughs) I, that's something everyone should do. Yes. Just learn your Correct. sites. Please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, learn what states, especially for, for you guys that have release, learn the states you can affect with touch release on an offensive level. Because there's nothing funnier than having four people surround a warrior in six points of armor and then release him by touch casting and just whittle his armor to zero in two seconds. Because everyone's just drum rolling. Because you don't need an open <laughs> hand for that. It's just unfair. <laughs> Ridiculous. Star, what's something you do to not generalize yourself? 
Um, we kind of touched on all of it. Uh, not relying on one type of weapon set is a big thing because you have such a vast uh, versatility of weapons that you you can change it up however you want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know we did talk about how enchantments can kind of be a crutch, but um, they can also... It, it's a double-edged sword. Like um, They can either hinder you because... Uh, if that druid is paying attention or if that wizard is paying attention, you're not going to have that enchantment very long, right? But, it, like we were talking about before, um, it makes you compare, uh, be able to um, uh, knock down a warrior very easily yeah. if you've prepared early enough and know what you're doing with it. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's the... Everyone else touched on everything, so... I mean, there's four of you, and it's it's... A lot of it is going to be similar. I mean, a lot of through all the Paragon Path episodes, a lot of the stuff we talk about is hit on over and over and over again. It just emphasizes the fact that, like, you got to learn tactics, you got to learn everybody else's classes, you got to learn how to deal with certain states and situations. Like, learning and knowing how to get in and out of situations that are problematic. Preparation is a giant, huge thing that will help you in every class. And it, it definitely helps more in the class that has four utility spells that most other classes can't overlap with. I think healer is one of the only ones that can overlap with your guys' level of utility spells. Because DMAG... Uh, Druids D-Mag, have all of them too, except for tracking. They don't, have the, they don't have the tracking thing. Yeah. They have release. They don't have G-release though, which is what I... The caster yeah. counter... The right, caster it's why you said healer. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes it uh tricky but those guys can't wear it well druids can kind of wear armor but three points of physical armor is three points that comes back with you every single time you respawn so it's yep. a lot longer term than uh any magic armor yeah um, you don't have to wait for the refresh to get it back yes depending if you have why well, play build a scout with that <laughs> why play build a scout when you can just be a scout be a scout yeah it's <laughs> like I, I i was a scout and now i'm a monk with less abilities why i ran out of enchantments <laughs> it happens um scout came by <laughs> drive by dmags um <laughs> great stuff uh all right so recommended tactics target acquisition both offensively and defensively you guys have got the releases you got a heal you've got tracking which we've now proven to me and everyone else that it is offensive and defensive um what are your recommended tactics either in general or for target acquisition let's start with our, our i'm bumbling your name arduin <laughs> um offensively i like I like to uh, kind of pick a target because you, if you know your park well enough, you can say, okay, that wizard is going to cause a lot of trouble. So I'm going to gonna chase him around and threaten to spell magic or hold person or something that he's really going to try and avoid. And that's, that's a really big thing for me for offensive is like, no. And even if you don't, like if, if I travel and I don't know any of the players that are on the field, I'll still say, okay, well, that, that wizard looks like he's going to cause a lot more trouble than that 
14-year-old barbarian or something. Like, you can you can usually assume, and, like, with, with the caster classes, like, you can usually say, okay, I have Dispel Magic, I have Hold Person, I have Shield, <laughs> and I have Adaptive Blessing, so you can... You can kind of find something to work on them at least uh defensively um use adaptive blessing and again that's that's knowing that's knowing the other classes because if you if you walk onto field and there's a druid you you need to weigh your options of whether you want to dispel magic for sorcery or or um I forgot the word now. Entangle balls. <laughs> Ice oh, balls. Sub -dual. Yeah, sub -dual. Sub -dual, yes. <laughs> you want to tank Yeah, you gotta weigh. Yeah. Like you you gotta weigh your options because you also have shadow step. Mm -hmm. You can kind of screw them out of that that way. But defensively, it, I think it's more important defensively to know who you're up against mm -hmm. and pick your battles. Because you can use Shadow Step defensively, you can use it offensively after you've used it defensively. Uh, hold Person, you can use it defensively if if you really need to. Um, yeah, just knowing knowing the other classes, like that's a lot of what it comes down to for me, really. Preparation and research, it always helps. Every mm -hmm. time. Um, I had not thought about adaptive blessing to just take out. I always forget about adaptive blessing for some reason. That it's just a fantastic way to ignore that one-time use or that that short, quick use that someone else is using on you. If uh, I know the annoying thing that happened, I believe this was at Wolfheim Torgan, which is Torgan's probably anyone's else information. Um, <laughs> Broton and Balder, who have both been on the episodes. And myself, we're all on the same team, and we were just a lot of command. There was a lot of command going around, and I charged somebody that had adaptive blessing and did not realize it. Like, I cast the awe, they said resistant, and then stabbed me. Wasn't ready for that one. But it worked super well. Um, and that's that goes back to picking and choosing like what the other team is using, preparation of knowing what they can use, and then utilizing your ability. I mean, it's once per life. You you die, you get it back. Or you go to a bard and get it in power or a restoration and then keep going. Um, talking about Wolfheim, Dorian, what are uh, your recommended tactics? Uh, as everyone's going to say, it's whatever you can prepare for. Um, if you have the ability to work with other people to get something done, then you can almost take on anything. Um, for example, again, back at Wolfheim. We have an annoying bard, mm -hmm. so I enjoy taking him down, and it doesn't work all the time. Um, but sometimes you're like, hey, I have a bow on my side. Watch watch where I'm going. I'm going to see if I can turn some people's backs to you. Just watch. All you got to do is get them go around the tree in the right direction, and you got them. Mm -hmm. uh, don't be afraid to work with people. No lone wolf yeah, stuff. It's the dream work. <laughs> it, it works every single time. Like, there's there's... There is no class in the game that works better by itself, including Barbarian. There's no class that works better by itself than with another person. It's just 
the game is based on teamwork, even basic teamwork tactics are going to make it so much easier to get kills, to get the objective, to do what you need to do to win. Or just get better. What was it that Teflon always said? Objective, objective, objective. Yes. It is about the objective, but also, uh, as we'll get to later, making sure you also get better but not ruin people's fun. Well, we'll get to that one later because that's our one of my favorite yeah. questions. Um, uh, my train of thought is just all over today. All right. I need more coffee this morning, and it is 7 It's Saturday, Merrick. Which one? <laughs> Snow, what is uh, some recommended tactics? Uh, honestly, one that's worked for me just throughout the years I've been playing is uh, I will, because uh, I'm playing with a bow and, and I'm approaching, just approaching that line in a game, I will take a couple throwies and just throw them straight up into the air and just peg people as they look up. They always <laughs> look up. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, it just it never works, fails. It works better than it should. It does. <laughs> and it, it shocks me even after all these years how many people just they, look straight up. They don't learn. So, so amp guards but, uh, are cats. We, ju- we just throw <laughs> something in the air and we go, oh. Guys, it's foam. Take it, there it's foam. Take it in the I, head. It won't count. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would definitely have to say uh, that for sure. Um, definitely try it out there if you're listening. Definitely try it. It it works wonders. Uh, but other than that, uh, I definitely have to say offensively. Other than that, uh, it's a uh, by now you've probably seen what classes are along the line of heavy hitters or or really good support classes out there, and it's really making sure that you go okay. That is my target. Mm-hmm. And and trying to eliminate that target is is going to be offensively helping your team in the long run. Uh, defensively, I would have to say it's almost the exact same thing. I mean, taking out those heavy key players is going to be you know playing defensively. You know, you want your team to survive, you want them to live, which all boils down to you know preparation and knowing where you are on the field. Mm-hmm. And and just going from there yeah i mean if you know where you're at where the weak spots at or where exactly. their strong spots are i mean if you, if delos and the torches are on the field you know the left flank is gonna fall that's it's gonna happen <laughs> that is their favorite spot they want it put a little extra defense there throw some wizards at them they might not know what to do when they're you know all standing there posted because they've all been wounded by one leg be a battle i mean so that is another thing the scout has that i think people forget about is because you have a lot of utility um and a range weapon variety you can kind of stand back and be that battle commander you've got that moment of peace to take shots to to throw those throwies you see things happening you can fix some of them or you know who to get to fix some of them because you've done your research you've done your preparation you know what is going on and you're like there are three wizards running with ice balls at our left flank let's go get some uh some barbarians on that side Ignore the ice balls, run through. Easy enough. Storm. Um, so I have a little bit of a system that I use, um, particularly for small and medium games. Mm-hmm. Uh, large games, is, it, it won't work, and you'll see why. But um, uh, the first thing I do is I, I before even the game is, is called, like, Leon is called, I'm looking at the other team, and I'm seeing what sashes they're wearing, 
and what players that I recognize, what I don't recognize, and figuring out a game plan from there. Mm-hmm. If I see if I see a a druid, and they have an a uh, just an ungodly amount of spell strips just hanging off them, chances <laughs> are they're playing summoner. Yeah, and you can kind of when layoff lawn is called, chances are they're going to be enchanting a few of those people off the bat, depending on what they're giving, right? right. So watching what that what happens there, um, and where they go, I can now utilize my dispel magic for that those three people, right? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the three people. Um, like I was saying before, um, looking at, again for looking at the other field. Um, if I see a lot of um, or a lot of bows on the field, on their team, chances are I'm going to be playing sword and board that day, so I can block some of that. Mm. If I don't see a lot of that, um, I can exploit that weakness of no range and pick up my bow or crossbow or whatever. Mm. Right? Um, you can kind of guess what the game plan is going to be before the game is even started. So you doing that is very beneficial, and that's why. I was saying it doesn't work well for large games because then you have a hundred people to look at and it's just not going to work. <laughs> it works to a point, but you have to have such a broader knowledge of what like fighting companies and what groups of kingdoms do and tendencies. And that is a lot of research. That's a lot of information to do before you even get on the field. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, I, but you can, you can focus in on it. So right. like, if if you like I was saying on large games, ch- chances are I'm going to flank. Mm-hmm. So, looking at both corners and just seeing what those you know, let's say thirty people on that one side, what do they have? Am I going to be effective over there? Mm-hmm. If not, look on the other side. What do they have there? If they have less utility, that's going to mess up your day. Go that way, right? Mm-hmm. So you can kind of use that tactic, but it's it's much more uh, easier to use on small medium. Right, where you know everybody or you know, you can kind of boil down. You know most of them and you can kind of, yeah. like I said, looking at, if I see a druid with an a, a sh, just a shit ton of sp, uh, spell strips, mm-hmm. they're either going to be one of two things and um, my dismal magic will work on both of them. Yeah. So, just know it, like, if it, it basically just depends. Like, Leon's called and I see them touching someone else. Okay, now I know they're summoner and I'm going to follow the guy that they're just touching, mm-hmm. right? If I if Leon is called, and they're they have their hand on their shoulder or something, that cool. I'm following that druid. Yeah, you can you can determine what they're doing based on the the actions that they're performing, even if you're not hearing it. I know that's a pretty common. Uh, it was meta for a while in Phoenix League. Was as soon as that bard or that wizard got on the field, they were sprinting and casting extension break con or extension insult on the druid or the healer to try to get them to stop from casting on their intended targets um it doesn't work super well in a large field because i don't think anyone can sprint 200 yards in like four seconds so um if you're out there message me um on small fields though it can kind of work the same way you you see a target you gotta zoom in on it and maybe even like just casting something stupid like a hold person just to set them off for a second my work also hold person and arrows is just it's a mean combination that works very well um okay so we got target acquisition offensively and defensively um you guys don't have a ton of abilities 
Like, you get new abilities every single time, unlike the Barbarian, who gets, like, the same ability twice. He just gets more uses of it for whatever reason. Um, but are there any hidden gem abilities that you guys find are, like, people do not use correctly or they sleep on it or something like that? Is there one of those abilities that is is in this list of abilities that you guys have? Because um, we've got over almost... Uh, we've gone over all of the abilities so far. We've talked about it at least once. Are there any of them that are... And we're just group on this one. Is there any ability that is slept on? Shadow Step. Shadow, Shadow Step is a, is a, is a get-out-of-jail-free card that a lot of people forget that they have. And you can you can charge your abilities in it with relative safety. And a lot of people don't. And just forget that they can still charge. And it, it furiates me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... uh, Dispel Magic we went over too. It's another, it's another big one. That uh, either people are not afraid of it enough. And you can just wreck a field. Or they are afraid of it. In which case, we were talking about it before, bluff casting that is now a shove. Mm -hmm. And it works so well. It's. We'll have an episode later that I'm working the, the details out on about specifically just like things you can do casting wise to be better. And bluff casting is one of those focus points. Because if you have a spell like DMAG that everyone besides barbarians is afraid of. That is such a powerful spell. Like, people are more afraid of DMAG than they are of stun, and stun is a guaranteed kill. But people are more scared of that DMAG because they feel powerless when they lose all of the fancy strips that they were just given by the druid 30 seconds ago. Like, it's such a good spell. And you guys have it. Um, so I think this is a good spot to talk about the potential change coming up at Gathering of the Crowns, which... For those that don't know, we're unofficially, officially changing the name of Gathering of Clans to Gathering of Crowns because um, it, it sounds better than saying Gathering of Clans. <laughs> it's just it's just a thing we have to admit. Um, we're all kingdoms, not all the horde. Yes. So <laughs> the proposal is very simple. DMAG becomes recharge times 10. How do y'all feel about that? Like step in the right direction. A step, a step in the right direction. I I got no argument online about this. Uh, it's a it's a it's glad to be thought of, but it should be charge three. That's be... my opinion. So why? So you're skipping ten or five entirely, going from the ten to the three. Um, five would be better, but I think yeah. three. Um, the fact that the the conversation I had with a, with a person was. I think it should be charge three because wizards just get that innately, yeah. and um, they also get battle mage with that, meaning that they can run and cast with a demag that they can just charge all the time, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then we have the flip of that being with it being extraordinary. True. So, so it's kind of comparable in my eyes to that, mm -hmm. and with. Martial class is already being so underpowered. I think that is fair, right? Their argument to it was that the fact that we have, you know, a variety of weapons, we have armor and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and wizards can ignore that. You know, kind of to for, to an extent. 
Yeah, exactly. It's literally a point-and-click pyrotechnics. They literally have removed everything. Unless you have your... No, actually, even then. Uh, adaptive blessing doesn't protect your equipment, so... No. It doesn't destroy your throwies, because throwies are immune to being destroyed. So... Right. Do that. Cool. My point being is that um, it's a it's a good step, because we've been wanting it a long time, but I think Charge 3... It, I, I understand it might be very powerful, but the fact that Scout is already underpowered hmm. to some people, I think it's fair. So, I think the counter-argument that comes up is that if you make anything chargeable in large battle games, it means it's infinite. Regardless of how much it's charging, I mean... Technically, there's a charge times 20 out there for Shadow Step on Void Touch. We can still only hold one. That's true. That it still true. takes you out of the game. Exactly. The, the, fact that, the fact that Wizards and Druids and uh, healers can take as many dispels as they have spell points and we only get one, I think it's fair that it's charge three. Make, make it that fast turnaround. Right. And the argument I saw with the charge ten, for the charge 10, again, was... That it's comparable to um, uh, experienced for oh. uh, for druids, because then it makes their their dispel magic charge ten. But again, it's the same thing. It, they can experience it, but they also have innate, which means that they can just charge it with a snap of their finger, and they can take as many dispel magics as they want. Again, right? I mean, you naturalize magic. And naturalized magic, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nat mag. Um, I mean, it still falls under that kind of... Um... Okay, you can have X amount per either life or refresh, depending on which caster you are. And uh, per refresh, as soon as you get down to zero, you can, always, you can only have up to one, because that's the way charge works. But you guys are always stuck at one no matter what, because one is what you start with. Uh, yeah, the extraordinary doesn't quite make up for that whole problem. You still have to keep your feet. Like the 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 benefit is that if I get rushed by an AON druid, I can now counter that while still fighting them. Yeah. You know, which is cool, but it's not a unlimited ambulant dispel that you can just have all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't. Know. I think it's fair to give it a charge three. That's just my opinion. Any other takes on it? I mean, from what I've heard, it sounds like it'll probably pass. A lot of people are asking for this kind of change, for a boost or buff to scout. Um, I don't know if it's enough of a boost, because if we're trying to get everything up to the same level of efficiency, there's very few classes besides Druid and Warrior that really have this, like synergy within themselves to be super effective and if we're trying to get everyone up to that level uh scout is one of the ones that definitely needs some more synergy within itself to, to push past that um it's a good step okay. i just think it i just think it should be a bigger step that's all i mean it could it could get approved and then you know next year it could be hey we wanted to make it a five or a three or a two and make it better um okay 
So we had the hidden gems. We had the adding question of this new potential change. Um, what are some things that you guys want to focus on to get better, some some skills or anything like that that you want to work on either in or out of the game to get better at and make Scout really shine? Uh, let's start with Arduin on this one. Um, bow usage. Like, I, I didn't use... I didn't use a bow for a long time, so, mm -hmm. and, uh, like, picking your perfect target with a bow, that's something that I feel like most people who don't play Archer need to work on <laughs> all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, I'd say that's one of the biggest things, like, other than casting speed and, like, being able to understand what you're saying when you're casting is... It's usually a little important as well. <laughs> Enunciation. Yeah. Do those tongue twisters like uh, actors do at the beginning? To the, the what is it? The teeth, the the tongue, the teeth, the tip of the the. Stuff. I don't know. It's something like that. <laughs> Whatever. They've got a tongue twister. They say it works. Just believe me. You've seen it. Um. I mean, so Jamie, who is also a paragon. Sorry, sir. Warlord, Deathly, Sunshine, Megatron, something, 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 uh, is a Paragon, a uh, bunch of stuff, but he's also a Paragon Archer, and his opinion on most Archers in general, not just the class, but people aren't good, um, like, they just can't shoot people, they're not very good at it, so if you get good at it, use that, because people aren't expecting to get shot from 45 feet away while sprinting, like, pull that off it looks amazing every time um going to an experienced archer snow what's your what's uh <laughs> things that you said to get better at um yeah definitely uh i would have to say depending on the skill set you're comfortable with out in the field there's nothing more you know i mean definitely practicing up on that staying up to up to snuff on what you're comfortable with out there mm -hmm. but as far as getting better i would have to say for me um just some of the changes especially that i've seen from back then till now it's definitely um for me it, it's it's learning my states mm -hmm. uh learning how the spells work and interact with other spells that i have um you know when to use them and stuff like that i think that's what i think uh you know, I and, and other people should really work on is at least that's what the biggest thing that gives me trouble is um, is learning when to utilize my abilities and uh, not relying on the bow so much. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a it's a lot of work to go from, especially such a drastic change of V seven seven to V eight. You've got a whole style of play in your head, and then you got to yeah. scrap ninety percent of it and switch. Yeah. So it's, yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a pretty drastic change to look at. Um, luckily, the stick skills pretty much carry over always. So oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Got that. Uh, the interacting spells is probably I think one of the most tedious things I've ever researched in my life. Like, I did anthropology classes for two years in a row, and they were less tedious than studying <laughs> the interactions between like different things in amp guard i really love amp guard and very much enjoy doing it but it's so tedious there's a lot of weird details in there and you've got to really want it um so it says the guy that read every kapora 
Oh I'm my not god. Finished yet. I'm only halfway done. <laughs> Talk that's, about tedious. That's politics. That's different. Um, <laughs> and uh, th- that's different. There are some bad ones out there, but there's some great ones as well. So if you like studying, study. Because it makes it easier when you understand that somebody getting hit with an ice ball is 60 seconds and you want them out now. When someone says break con, does the break con spell someone else? It's 10 seconds. They can survive for 10 seconds. You don't need to release them to, you know, get them out for a four second time period. Yeah, knowing your abilities, knowing others' abilities. We've hit on that a couple times. Uh, Torgan, what are some things you want to focus on to get better? Hey, uh, this has been said in a couple of chats. Uh, Getting out of tunnel vision, even I find myself doing tunnel vision sometimes. getting more of a spatial awareness, especially if I'm playing defensive as opposed to defensive. And basically getting my voice out there just a touch more for when it comes to rallying folks to a point or to a objective, because there's nothing like standing here going, that flag could be taken right now. Everyone's killing each other in midfield. (laughs) Someone better go do something about that. I wonder where that person is. Yeah, they're real nice. Just and of course, Bo. Yeah, always Bo. We. Yes. I've talked to a couple cross gamers, and amp guarders are by far, uh, the worst with bows. It might be because we also have a bunch of rules around them that are like about safety more than anything, like the headshot thing for Dag and Bell, definitely makes more people want to shoot people in the heads with the bow, where we're like, don't do that. Our arrows aren't meant for that kind of combat. <laughs> I, I think the speed has something to do with that as well. True. Yeah. Um, I mean, our, our game is so much faster. Uh, we don't have weight requirements on weapons. Our uh, hit calibration is so much lighter, so our strikes are wickedly fast. So Our arrows aren't pillows? They're yeah. not stop signs attached to yeah. a stick that goes you have so much drag (laughs) i mean you get a good arrow which the archer episode talks about uh some different options but the 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 gamma ball the gamma ball on that tip yeah spherical tip on that thing they fly super well they bounce really nice and uh they're i don't have any of my stuff within reach (laughs) no mine are all flat tops because i was lazy and just bought them and uh, they hit like a truck though, because they're just like five layers of four-pound foam, and then a soft PVC plastic extrusion that holds them, and then there's a screw that attaches it to the the shaft. They're not super accurate, but you feel them through armor, and that's what you want. <laughs> I am bad with a bow. That is my. I have a bow because Cubol taught me to bot it. Q-Ball told me to buy it. There we go. That's a statement I can say. Um, getting better with a bow, getting better with raising your voice, getting better with taking the initiative to make people move, get that tunnel vision out. It's – I don't have a good way to get better at tunnel vision besides just try to focus on one more thing this practice than you did last practice. Like if you always focus on one person – Try to include another person in that tunnel and think about your next move, not just your first move. 
and you'll slowly start expanding it to the point that you're not just looking at who you're shooting at or who you're fighting, but you're looking at who's next to you. Um, Actually, uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say it's learn to be proactive as opposed to reactive. Yes, there. That's uh, a better mm -hmm. way to say it. And uh, on that point of uh, working on tunnel vision, I find what helped me was um, uh, take like thirty seconds to just look at the field. Like, before you start to... Even even small field, I know there's not a lot of people and you have to help your friends, but, like, just take a minute and see where everyone's moving. And then, no, with that knowledge, go fight that one-on-one -on -one that you want to do, knowing on that side that they might be moving in a certain direction. It, it helps a lot. Even when you are tunnel vision, at least it's in your head that they're there. Mm-hmm. A, it's a good thought process to, to open it up and it's yeah i think something that scout has that is an advantage is the thought process shift of going from melee tunnel vision to range tunnel vision is very different you're not picking the same targets anymore because if you're going to stick fight someone you're looking for certain aspects if you're going to shoot someone you're looking for different aspects and if you can actively switch back and forth between those ideas um you're going to open up your range and, and find more options for you to do things. Plus, if you're already shooting a bow, you're probably not on the front line. If you are, good luck. Um, <laughs> you, you are going hard, and I, I don't know how you do it if you're on the front line shooting arrow, bows and arrows. Um, but that, that shifting a little bit and changing your thought process just a little bit at a time helps. Uh, Skills of focus on to get better. Who did I miss? I missed somebody. Me again. Star. <laughs> You've been talking. I, I, talk, I talk too much, and then you just forget that I didn't talk about the topic. No, <laughs> you're not talking too much. I'm just forgetting you're talking about the topic. I don't. I had a little mark sheet so I could mark it off, and I didn't make one today. All good. Mm. Um. Uh, on the on the actually the point of what you're saying about the the bow and the melee mm -hmm. um that's something to get better as well as knowing the difference between a bow target and a sword target mm -hmm. i am not going to waste an arrow on a warrior i will waste that arrow on a wizard it's more effective right Ping. yeah um, point. yeah it's like cool <laughs> <laughs> i did my part i think unless they kill someone in scavenge but <laughs> my, my, my point is that like you know if I see a wizard and they don't have that little white strip on them, that's a free target. I'm going for that free target. I mean, you can even um, take a, a, a page from uh, Hogman's book of his hunter-killer druid list. Yeah. It's basically a scout with more D-mags. You've got a yep. bow, you see someone with magical armor, you D-mag the armor, and then you shoot him with the bow. Done. Yeah. The only problem with it is that it is extraordinary, meaning that you can have a, that shit drawed. Mm -hmm. which is cool, but you can't move your feet. No. So if they start running, then it's just still get, a shove, I guess. Just get better at casting. Or not uh, not casting. Get better at shooting and make sure they're in your range when you cast the D-Mag. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, this was the focus on to get better, right? Yeah. Uh, charging can't is going to be your best friend. Learn, learn, learn it and learn how to do it fast. Um, and it will help... Uh, what you can do on the field immensely. Mm -hmm. What I've seen that has been really impressive with the charging can is when you can fit two charging cans in one breath. Wow. 
is <laughs> is is pretty fantastic when you're just like all right i got something charged basically holy shit. all right go cool <laughs> great if i've got a song of power going that's like most people's incants are done at two because it's a charge times if it's a charge times three it's a one if it's a five it's a two if it's a ten it's a five so don't bother i got a confidence um but if you can get it down to like under five seconds or four seconds just you're you're not spending any time off the field you are doing something getting it back keep going um unfortunately it's not extraordinary so or no sorry no it is not extraordinary and it is not magic so you can't meta magic it so it follows all the rules of an incant but is not it's one of those weird things again yeah it's kind of the problem with the scout is that it's um it takes you out of the game a little bit which is why you want to say it quickly mm -hmm. so yeah that's say it fast learn it say it fast especially now if uh dispel becomes charge times 10 yeah oh my god say it fast <laughs> if you've got a charge times 10 just go find your bard like Level one, they get confidence. Confidence is so easy. It's always a charge times five, and they can give you back that charge times ten right away. Yeah. And, and like, uh, back to that update again, yeah. um, I, can, I can see the argument of why it shouldn't be what I think it should be mm -hmm. because of the, um, the fact that bards exist. Um, I mean, bards break 90% of things when you introduce charge or make it a per life or whatever. We're just like, hey, you want infinite? I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys are one of the ones that really benefit from our restorations. You guys can ch just chew through all your abilities, come back, get a restoration, and you are back up 100% besides one ability. Like, damn. It's amazing. It's good. Uh, what else did you have? Or was that it? Um, I have another, but it, it falls into the other question, so I'm just going to wait. Okay, so weaknesses to be aware of. Uh, we talked about things to get better at. We talked about hidden abilities, knowing your abilities, tactics. There are things every class is weak to something. What is Scout weak to? Uh, let's start with Storm. Everything but Assassin? No. <laughs> <laughs> um... Warrior is a big thing. Um, now, is it because of the armor and the scavenge, or is it just the whole kit itself? It, most of the armor and scavenge. Okay. Just how they they literally double your armor. Um, you can, like we were talking before, you can supplement it with enchantments, mm -hmm. but it is something that you need to be aware of, and you need to work with your team to overcome. Uh, Spellcasters are huge as well. Um, uh, Dispel Magic is a killer if you're running a full kit. Mm -hmm. um with your full enchantments is what i mean mm -hmm. um even just the the point and clicks um you need to be aware that those might happen and it's going to set you off a little bit mm. it's it's a get you out of the game for a minute and also get rid of your enchantments so right now with the potential that paladin and anti-paladin are opening up is the four point armor also a problem or is that close enough to your point level that you think it's not going to be as big of a problem? Um, my opinion, I would say it's close enough that I could be okay. Mm -hmm. um, it really just depends on skill at that point, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, 
Arnold, the same question. Well, the, the first question, the weaknesses you need to be aware of, and then we'll, we can go into the, the second part of the other one. Barbarians. Like, barbarians are a real problem. Uh, and warriors, like Storm said. Um, dealing with warriors, like even, even with armor breaking, you still have to still have to outstick them quite a bit and uh you with barbarians it's it's sometimes just not worth the risk of getting your armor broken like even if you know how to run up a pole and you're 90 percent sure you'll be fine if they just break your leg armor because they tap you mm-hmm. like that's <laughs> kind of a kind of sucks for you um like bards Bards are a big problem for me as well. Like, I I can't really choose what to do with bards because you you could uh, you could adaptive blessing, command or death or this or that or <laughs> and like you're you're just kind of screwed either way because you could say I'm immune to command and then they'll just terrify you or something yeah, and. Options. Actually, yeah, so. Merrick and I were talking about that um, I, I, when I messaged you about the adaptive blessing. You have to mm-hmm. say what your uh, resistance is, mm-hmm. um, you have and to that declare the enchantment. Technically, you don't have to say resistances. Yeah, you have but, to declare uh, the enchantment. You don't have to declare which school you chose. Right, but most people, <laughs> most people do because of the fairness of the game. Yeah, meaning yeah. that if if I'm running up of a bard, they ask me to declare, and I say adaptive blessing command. Guess what? I'm getting terrored. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> I, so for the resistance, it it's almost a balancer for the resistance if you don't tell them what it is because it's a one time use. It's a yep. you got the resistance. You they they can pop it off or they can choose to go around it by using a different spell, and that that I think is one that it's real fair to not say it. If you're immune, you've got to tell them in the middle of the, or I think you should tell them in the middle of the incant so they don't use the spell. But technically you just don't have to tell them until afterwards, which is uh, technically the way to play. But (laughs) It's it's a matter of fairness and what your park will allow. Yeah, I mean, and also we'll come back to the, the how to get better not ruin people's fun, but um, if you keep running around with various immunities and not telling anybody what they are until after they cast at you, it makes a lot of people unhappy and they don't want to keep playing. It also doesn't help them really because you've now switched, you've just delayed their mental process a little bit instead of letting them have the opportunity to get that mental process going a half second earlier. Like if you say, uh, um, adaptive blessing command their mind can start ticking real quick and be like, ah, okay, not awe, not hold person, let's switch to shove. And just getting getting other people thinking on that as well. Yeah. The argument can be made, though, of um, uh, the, the catch and release tactic that we've mentioned quite a few on mm-hmm. your podcast. Um, the fact that you can uh, remove someone, an, an opponent out of Frozen because they are technically willing yeah. because they are Frozen. Um, if they don't know that, that also gets them mad. But it's part of the rules, right? It's the same with Adaptive Blessing Protection. It doesn't say that you have to declare it. Technically, it's part of the rules. Mm-hmm. It's. I still do it. I still tell people that it, what school. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And it, but technically, yeah. Yeah, it falls a little bit under that um, uh, having enchantment should never result in a surprise survival. That kind of covers it, but doesn't quite. Like, it doesn't outline, like, you have to say this. It just kind of says, shouldn't be a surpri- surprise survival. Whatever that specifically means, mostly applying to magic armor of, like, two taps. Oh, I'm still alive. Point. I had an extra yeah. point. Yeah. Whatever. Um, Arter, you were saying, though. Yeah, well, bards are bards are the biggest thing because they have, they have a counter to most everything, depending on what they... On Besides what they paladin. take, because even, yeah, <laughs> no, Who's I meant I, I meant everything. I everything a scout has, but um, like they have song of deflection, uh, song of battle. Like they can, no matter what, they can usually do something to you, and that's that's one of our biggest weaknesses. Is like the the caster classes and how versatile they can be. Um, it's. Yeah, it's just kind of difficult. Like, the three points of armor is nice, but sometimes I wish it was four just for... Like, there are a lot of enchantments that give you armor breaking, mm-hmm. and you don't realize that until everyone on the field can break your armor because they have a druid or something on their team. Three, yeah. three points is the same as one to a barbarian. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It's... Yeah, I've... Go ahead. I don't know. I don't know what to do against a barbarian for you guys. Like shadow step. <laughs> Get out of jail, fruit. Let's go. Throw, uh, throw east to legs. Oh, will help. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. It depends on the armor, and chances are. On someone that is wearing three points, they may not have full points on their legs because mobility, so it can help. True. Um, I've 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 made a lot of people mad uh, for uh, pegging kneecaps because they don't have armor on them. Uh... <laughs> it's very fun, and it makes I just laugh and run away. <laughs> it, it's my favorite thing. But uh, nice. Hold um, with yeah. Jimbo. Yeah. Yeah. Won't work in a barbarian, but yes. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's so the the barbarian armor breaking with paladin and anti paladin most likely opening up, if not this year, next year. Um. I think we're going to see a lot more ancestral armor, and you guys would be an amazing target for that. Besides, you don't have mend, which is the only downfall. Because if you guys could mend yourselves, just send a small army of scouts off to do everything. They can fix. Anything. I wish we had mend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bow gets broken, yeah. fix it. Armor's down, fix it. Just be ridiculous. Um, but if ancestral armor is more common on the field, I think scouts would be a great opportunity to use that. Because now that barbarian becomes a lot less problematic, that warrior becomes closer. Especially if you demag their their AA. Now you have the advantage. You, you've got three points. They've got three point. Or they've got six points. But yours is ancestral, so you can also get rid of some of the spells and stuff like that. And scouts get a little bit more buff in another way of having that dispel magic that can get rid of that stuff too. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had not thought about Barbarian as one of the weaknesses for you guys, but it is really... You just gotta outstick them, and that's not an answer a lot of the time. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, Snow, what are some weaknesses to be aware of? Oh, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm gonna have to piggyback on uh, spellcasters. Just the versatility they have, and and just not knowing what they're gonna take, and everything on the field when you're running into them can be can be a pain. Mm -hmm. But uh, one thing that I still manage to fall into the trap of, even just as long as I've been playing, is um, Honestly, yeah, that tunnel vision we, we've talked about. Getting too focused up on something or someone and not realizing that the whole field is changing around you. And next thing you know, you're you're cut off from, you know, your whole team and you're like, Whoa, you know, what happened? Mm -hmm. And it, it changes so fast. I think a, a big weakness is just experience. If if you don't have the experience. Mm -hmm. Um, jumping into the class for the first time, it's 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 fun. Don't get me wrong. It, yeah, it, it's really fun, but it requires a level of experience to be able to be aware of your surroundings and not get too hyper focused in on something. It's like uh, barbarian in that that it's got a very easy entry level, but as soon as you start actually being trying to be proficient at it, it's got a very high steep climb to get actually good at. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think Barbarian and Scout probably have the... Like, casters are a little wonky because you've got a weird spike at the beginning to figure out all the casting crap, but after you get over that, it's super straightforward. But Barbarian and Scout, you both have a really high plateau of how to get, like, what a good player is compared to what the average players are because mm -hmm. the, the knowledge that it takes to be tactically sound, the knowing where abilities need to be applied, knowing how to move the field, not have tunnel vision... Those are all years and years and years and years of experience yeah, exactly. and practice, and it's it's you can't pick it up right away and be like, "I'm amazing." That's not what it's yeah. for. But in the right hands, it... at least yeah. with barbarian, it's a little easier for spellcasters just because you have two immunities to their abilities. But scout, you don't. You only have resistance, and you only have one of them per life. So I mean, you, you guys really need to flip watch side out. Barbarian, because you get no straight up immunities, but you get two enchantments. Like you just took their enchantment and put it on yourself. <laughs> Stole it right off. Um, any other weaknesses? No. Um, none that I can think of. Mine are pretty just tactically sound on the field. That as I'm playing, what I see and and just going from there. Makes sense. Torgan's weaknesses. So it's funny we mentioned Barbarian. Mm -hmm. uh, we also fall into the same trap with our ability, particularly to spell magic. Um, just like sometimes they forget to use fire up to death. Yeah. There are situations where we just say, oh, I should use this spell here. No, no, I'll save it for the next person. There's not going to be a particular situation where your one dispel is going to suddenly change the entire, entire tide of war to your team. Like, if it's a big target, if it's that avatar nature door, just get rid of it. <laughs> just get it gone. Like, yeah, get it done. There, there's sometimes where you're like, oh, there's only two minutes left in the match. Uh oh. Oh no. <laughs> and uh, now, to piggyback, sorry, to piggyback no, on ahead. that is, um, uh, if that dispel, like that dispel magic that you're talking about, if they start running away, then again, you've cast shove without using anything. So you might as well just use it if it doesn't if 
they start running away out of your your uh, casting range, then they're not your problem anymore. You and you haven't used your dispel magic, so just try and use it anyway. I gotta start handing y'all amplifications because that's just funny. Oh, please do. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened? I got a fifty foot tracking. A what? <laughs> Uh, your um, hype man build, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the fuck, the 50, 50 foot assassinate on assassins. Holy oh shit, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love the weird things that Bard has, and that I can just be uh, in, entirely useless by myself. Because the spell list that uh, Storm is talking about is called Hype Man. I built it. I could post it later. It's a lot of just support for another class. I barely have anything to do, but amplification makes chaos raid when you throw amplification on your whole team and all of a sudden the scout is tracking from 50 feet the assassin has a 50 foot coup de gras it's really weird and nobody expects it but it's hysterical to watch because you're like hold person you are not in range i have amplification gotcha. <laughs> you're just handing out megaphones to everybody basically yeah i mean it's like the Spanish Inquisition of uh, Spellists. No one expects the 35th amplification. <laughs> I gotta do that. I'm gonna follow around a scout in one of these battle games and just give them extensions because <laughs> extended tracking. Extension? Okay, uh, you're gonna have to remind me. Amplification, will that work on Dispel Magic? It'll work on any verbal that has a range of 20 feet. Dispel magic. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a fifty foot D mag for no good reason. Every good reason, because it's D mag. Okay, so if they make it chargeable, then yeah, you could have a Gatling gun to spell in the middle of the field, which is kind of <laughs> awful. Just, just a bar maybe it, with... You guys are changing my mind. Maybe it should be a charge ten. A bar with strong power, confidence, no, no. just and a scout. <laughs> Yeah. You're going to make a destructive machine gun in the middle of the field. I love it. Okay. Nobody gets strips but my team. Ah. Dear God. I'm going to do this next keep. <laughs> this is happening. Um, and tickets to next keep. Let's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Any other weaknesses we need to be aware of as scouts? They all said it. Barbarians, warriors. If I'm being chased down by a freaking full six-point plate polearm or a double flail wielding fool, I'm probably just going <laughs> to shadow set and be like, piss off, guy. Or, huh? <laughs> so, the advantage of it is most of the classes you mentioned besides the casters, because the casters have an answer to 99% of their problems, because casters are currently over-versatile compared to the melee classes. I, As a, as a main caster, I 100% agree. Um... But, like, the warriors and the barbarians don't have an answer for your shadow step. Like, you can just... And they're mm -hmm. they're useless. They have to go get a friend, which I don't think a six-point armor-wearing uh, warrior wants to go hunt down a friend and come back to you. For oh, by that time, you're already gone. Right. Yeah. Also, their insult specifically says magic, which means all your extraordinary stuff, you're still good to heal yourself, you're still good to, to release. Like, that and that shadow step still works, it's still, because yeah. it's also extraordinary. You are the only class that can release yourself from insult. Mm -hmm. Which is um, awesome. 
Like, I love using the insult all combo, and you guys just stare at me like, why? Release. And then just, yeah. like, continue on your day. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, all right, so we hit this a little bit, but I want to I wanna smack this nail on the head real quick. Scout is considered to be one of the weaker written classes. Um, why is this potentially wrong, and how do you make the class shine? Let's start with Torgan. We've said it again and again and again. It's it's got the right abilities. It's got the right equipment. It's the number of abilities that kind of hinder it a bit. And we're supposed to be the most flexible class, but we can only really get back a little bit of our stuff as opposed to being able to prepare for any situation at any time kind of deal. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so preparation and spreading those abilities to when they're needed, but not holding mm -hmm. them to when you are holding four abilities at the end of the game that you never used. Use it. <laughs> it's on a list. Use your gear, use your abilities. Like That should go for any class whatsoever, but mm -hmm. it's particularly important your, for Spout. Yeah, particularly your charge stuff, because you can get it back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Just use it. Um, Storm, why is it potentially wrong? Um, at face value, I can see why people have that, um, idea in their head just because the, like, we have so many abilities, but it's just so little, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you have one or two of everything. Um, the, the, the way to make it shine, though, is, is, I, I talked about it earlier, teamwork is so important for Scout. So important. Just the, the fact that you, you have a level four ability that makes you have a natural attunement. You know, that, that is a bit ability that needs to be used with others, and you should take advantage of that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah. Teamwork. Teamwork is so big. Mm -hmm. I mean, that evolution ability basically entirely relies on other people, because your, your yeah. blessing doesn't take up an enchantment slot. Mm -hmm. So, you still got two free. They can't be protection, but you still got two free. Or no, they can't be another blessing? I don't remember. Um, Essence Graft Druid, action. you have six enchantments. <laughs> There's so many. Like There's too many. <laughs> it's way too many, but <laughs> it can it can have its. I mean, depending on the team, right? If you see a, a battle mage wizard, then don't do that. But yeah, that, um, that's literally just asking for a demag. You're at yeah. I mean, you can use that to an advantage too. It's like they see you have like a shit ton of enchantments, and you just run that way, and you're taking that wizard with you. You could get a bunch of crappy enchantments. Get a, get like I a think, um, earth. Get I, well, no, I think you're. Yeah, please take it off me, please. Um, <laughs> what was the one that uh, oh, your buddy on the wizard one? Uh, uh, he said that Im uh, imbue armor is really funny to take <laughs> as a as a wizard because oh. it it looks like gift of air because it's one strip. Yeah, <laughs> it's one white strip, but it doesn't yeah. do anything for a wizard. Yeah. Bluffing with your enchantment strips until they get close and they ask the question like, "What is that?" Imbue armor. <laughs> Take it off me! I dare you. Yeah. And then you know, just drop, get somebody else to drop more stuff on you. And uh, mind games once again, playing mind games. Yeah, uh, I think it was Al, uh, was it Al that was mentioning about his uh, the warrior one that he was mentioning about his ancestral armor. Um, 
they ask you to declare, you declare that you only have Harden, and then they're oh, like, okay. That was tied. And then you back off. It was tied. Yeah. And then you back off and cast, cast your ancestral armor. And then you step yeah. up and you have it. Yep. Um, I mean, you guys do the same thing with your blessing. Your blessing. Yep. Like, they cast something at you. I mean, if a bard casts awe at you, you just step back, cast it on yourself, and then run forward after the awe is done. And they cast it at you again, and you're like, resist it! And it's also extraordinary, which means you don't have yep. to have a free hand for it. Mm-hmm. Nice. So it's like, okay, bye, you're leaving? Cool. Now I'm talking to myself. <laughs> I have a quick conversation with myself, move myself up, yeah. get immunity or you don't, you don't know what I'm casting here outside of 20 feet. Uh, yeah. Arduin, any, uh, any, why is the it not the weak, one of the weaker classes? Or how do you make it shine so it doesn't seem like that? Well, I think we've talked about this so much, but knowing knowing the game is really important for Scout. Because even, even when I was level one Scout and I didn't know anything about the game, like I still enjoyed it, but I didn't like I didn't start loving it until I was like, oh man, these EX abilities are really handy in these situations against these people, and like you really have to know the game well. And I think that's one of the that's why people see it as weaker because you have to know the game to make it strong. It's that high plateau of expertise once again. Yeah. Yeah. Ironically, yeah, scout but... and assa- like assassin and barbarian are the ones we hand off to newbies really quickly, and scout's not one of them, even though uh, they're basically like the straight up first level counter to assassin. And have my hot take of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, like first level, they're tracking counters first level assassins. After first level, that does no longer apply because they get way too many other things to start being wonky, and it's 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 a weird assumption that I was taught when I started playing, and then after learning how the game goes, was totally just like, oh yeah, no, that's not true. Scout is not the counter to assassin. Assassin has a million and a half freaking insubstantial states. And uh, the wizard should deal with them because they have dimensional rift and just tell them to go off into the ether, die. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. Ardo, what else did you have? Uh, making the class shine is showing, showing that versatility and knowing where you fit best into situations because you can really turn the tide of a game if you, if you say I'm gonna go here and deal with this. High level caster instead of going somewhere else like you can you can easily turn the tide and especially with like the ranged like you have arrows like the arrows are a really good distraction throwies are a really good distraction mm-hmm. even if you're not hitting anyone like it's still still keeping someone's attention and keeping them worried about you oh yeah being a, a per- perceived as a threat uh mm-hmm can almost be better than actually being a threat sometimes. Like, if you draw three people on the flank, we talked about the flank a couple times, and Lily's talked about this in past ones, if you're on the flank and you draw three people, you have done your job amazingly. You've got three for one, that's a beautiful trade. You don't even have to fight don't, them. Don't even have to go go to combat. You, no. You, yeah. already done. you could, I mean, that's a perfect time for that shadow step. You get, like, five people mad at you. <laughs> They all charge, shadow step, and then like there's run, no run five. Run 100, 100 feet that way, shadow step right in front of them, and then they have to walk back. <sighs> so much good stuff with the scout. 
Snow, why, how do you make it shine? I'd have to say making it shine is thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. So running around with a bow, when I come across people that are just, you know, they just flash it in your face. You know, you've, you've, met, you've pissed off enough people, pro pro's going to come out mm-hmm. regardless. Yep. It's like yep. you, still, you still take those shots and people are like, well, I'm pro pro. Why is he still shooting me? It's not to be a butt, but change your aspect of thinking. Your weapons aren't covered by pro pro. No, you not. still need a yeah. your your sword still needs to be able to hit me. If you ain't got a sword, then you know you don't have to take the arrows that are hitting you. But that in itself is a deterrent. <laughs> you might have pro pro, but you don't want to still get pegged by those arrows. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Armor. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about you, but like if I see an arrow coming back at me, I'm moving my feet. Yeah. You know. Exactly. You've you've it's counted. Just... You've you've done a break con technically. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Ar- you know, with armor, uh. I, can't count how many times where you know I've ran up against a guy with a shield or you know has a war skirt and I'm like you know I don't want to spin fifty point you know fifty arrows trying to bust them down. Let's see if I can bounce this arrow off the ground underneath his armor. Oh, um, yeah. sometimes it works, sometimes or it doesn't. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> or a throwy. So it's thinking. I think making. Yeah, I think thinking outside the box is really where you make it shine. It's. It's trying to take the uh, straightforward line of thinking that we're used to in games and then just going the other way with it. Being inventive and creative. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Probably a good answer to your level 6 versus Baragon, too. Yeah, yeah. being creative yeah. Is the amount of adaptiv- uh, adaptability and creativity mm-hmm. is exactly. something that really stands out. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, yeah, taking those opportunities to really, if you know the game, and you know there's some exploits that you can take, use them. Like, oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. The arrows, all projectiles besides uh, spell balls, bounces count. Use it. I know it's tricky exactly. sometimes, but like, yeah, you get those arrows to bounce. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Um, okay. So we got the the question that I wanted to hit on the head out of it. Now we're up to the most important question, I think, in this entire podcast. Because it is a question about making sure that everyone has fun, making sure that we're still growing our parks, even though we're trying to get better. And that is how to get better and not ruin people's fun. So let's start with Storm on this one. How do you get better and not ruin people's fun? Well, uh, Scout is actually one of the, better classes for it just because of how much how you have such an adaptive array of things to do but you don't have so much of it so it it, it's a really uh great class to um to play if you don't want to ruin too much stuff you know Mm -hmm. like it's you could play druid and have the same effect but you're gonna have a lot more of stuff so it it can ruin games right but Mm -hmm. scout you don't have as much and then if if you are still ruining games that way um don't charge your things then you have less. You have you have to choose when you're gonna uh, use your abilities. You're not as um, strong on the field, and it's such an easy way to fix it. Right? It's, mm-hmm. it's a really good class to do for that. It's yeah. You don't have to nerf yourself as much because you're no. not nerfing. Well, you're you're not nerfing your abilities. You're nerfing your strategies, which is and and uh, equipment is a thing too. Is right. Yeah. So like if you're really prevalent on sword and board then don't do sword and board you can do flow for a day um 
just throw throwies is really funny too. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I made these make make yesterday. the game fun. Yeah, I mean for yeah. yourself included, that's super important. Yeah. if you're not having fun yeah. learning the class and getting better, figure out a way to do it. Because it's Amp Guard, we love this game. We want to keep playing, and we want everyone to keep playing, but having fun. So mm-hmm. keep that up. RP is really good too for this. Yeah. Because you can be that that angsty ranger in the in the background as well if you want to. <laughs> Rooting. Ah, this is so different. Oh, I you mean... got too close to me, throwy. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> this is my forest. My forest. That's good. Role play is one I don't think, and especially in this podcast. And this is this is a side effect of the fact that Polaris doesn't focus on role play in our paragons as much as we really should um we we don't emphasize that you need to be really role play-esque in your paragon hood but i think it's something we polaris should work on because there are other kingdoms that are phenomenal at it they do great role play all the time with their their paragons and they expect it from them and polaris were like so are you worth five people on the battlefield that's like our prerogative i love my kingdom but we have like that's my one problem with us is we don't role play as paragons we have whole events for it we don't do it um arduin well what are some things you do to get better but not ruin people's fun i like to pigeonhole myself but i limit the gear that i'm gonna use and I would say, okay, I'm only gonna, I'm only gonna go sword and board this game, or I'm only gonna go flow, mm-hmm. and I, I'll take away the the adaptability that I usually have that makes me so fierce on the field. Like mm-hmm. I, if I if I only have flow, then I have to learn a lot more about how to deal with archers mm-hmm. and classes that are gonna break my flow, rather than if I play just bow or something like you you teach yourself to adapt to situations that you won't necessarily find yourself in but it's good to know anyways like it puts you to the test in a in a bad situation kind of thing mm-hmm. it's just continuing to experience like the kit that you normally don't use and getting mm-hmm. better with better with it knowing yeah. those limitations um Torga, what is uh what are things you do to get better and not ruin people's fun so good news, as everyone already said, Scout uh, Scout has very few ways to be oppressive against everyone else. Mm. Um, unless you're really being a tyrant with a bow or something around those lines, like, you'd have to be trying really hard. Um, so some of the things I like doing is I'll actually call myself like, hey, I'm going to play an armored healer today. I can only use my heals by releases on everyone else. Oh, God. As opposed to doing it to myself. I'm going to stay in the front line and see if this works out. You know, things like that. Uh, or else it's, I cannot touch these swords until this quiver is empty if I'm trying to work on my bow. That's a good one. Yeah. Definitely depends on the size of your quiver. Correct. <laughs> I mean, if you've got... I'm a... not talking golf... I'm not talking like a golf egg here. Uh... Oh, okay. okay. We're not archers. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not, not archers. I'm just not saying... Turrets. Alice has played Scout a couple times, and he can fit, like, 60 arrows in some of his quivers. So, like, just just a scope of reference. 
they're really ridiculous and fantastic and because he's like five feet tall and they're cement shaped tubes with a bunch of other little tubes in them the modular ones that he was talking about yeah they're (laughs) amazing and fantastic but they're larger than him and it's (laughs) it's ridiculous sometimes but he has he can unleash almost all of them all the time which is great um it's yeah I really don't want to have to not use my swords until I unload one of those quivers. That sounds like a lot of me shooting, and uh, which is good. I should practice shooting because I'm bad at it, but I don't, I don't really want to shoot for four <laughs> games in a row without reloading right. my quiver. So speaking of shooting, Snow, what are some things that you do to get better but not ruin parks? Uh, I definitely have to say, yeah, just limiting, limiting your equipment and stuff. Uh, a lot of things I used to do to just get better at shooting and just overall having fun was I'd just take all my arrows and just throw them out in the field because it would work on, you know, eventually you will be in a position where you don't have any arrows and there'll be arrows on the ground. You got to learn how to, you know, pick and choose which arrow is the safest to go to. Do you have enough time to get it? You know, you just got to look around and, and see that that helps you work on yourself and with your bow and skills, other stuff. But Overall, and not ruining other people's fun, I would have to say being approachable mm-hmm. and being willing to uh, definitely teach and, and having the patience because a lot of people you know, don't have patience. Having the patience to interact with somebody mid-game and helping them understand something that you might have done to them. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I, you know, I casted, you know, you know I'm, I'm in the shadows now. You know, wh- what is that? You know, mm-hmm. Some people won't explain it, but it it helps you be approachable to the class and little by little you know you turn people over to playing scout mm-hmm. because you know hey you know that really cool dude played scout he had some cool abilities i want to try it or you know, they like the versatility of, of all the you know abilities that you're showing out in the field you're not dominating but at the same time you yourself are not being dominated right that's so an overall I think being approachable is is really a good way to not ruin people's fun and at the same time have fun yourself. Mm-hmm. Being being that teacher is still a huge aspect of being a paragon, a knight, uh, a master of any kind. You've got to start not necessarily like classroom teaching, but like bringing your knowledge yeah. to the field and letting everybody have the opportunity to, to learn from you if they want it. Um, exactly. Yeah. I being taking the time out of your park day to explain to the new players or the less experienced players what just happened. It may not be super fun for you, but it will infinitely increase their fun, which is ultimately the goal. We want them to stick around. We want them to keep playing. We want them to get better partially because if they get better, that means you have someone better to fight because you can't get better by just beating the same people over and over again. Oh yeah, yeah. So actually, on on just yeah. one little caveat that I rem- just remembered, um, Arduin probably forgot about this, but when he was going for his Paragon Scout, one of the things that he started doing was restarting his whole trek into level one to six. So what what he do is that he went from he was at level six and he he said, you know what, I'm gonna restart at level one. And then he just did the math, and he's like, okay, I've done five credits, now I'm at level two. And he just restarted the whole track for himself. It helped him learn his abilities. It helped his whole park uh, learn the abilities that he has. Um, And I think that 
in itself is good for anyone that trying to go for the Paragon path. It limits yourself very easily, and it allows you to learn your abilities again, and it allows you to not break the game because now you're a level one or mm. a level two or a level three. Yeah. You're not your full at your max, right? It's, That's pretty good. Um, I, the park that I started at was relatively small, and we had a lot of new players, and we started doing things where you'd have park days where everyone's level one, everyone's level three, everyone's level two, whatever. And I honestly think that path idea of going over and starting your, your journey again as someone who's been through the whole journey once is probably one of the best things you can do for your mindset to figure out what each ability is actually worth. Because if you're o if you're forced to use only your second level abilities, there's not that many, but you know now a million other ways to use them instead of just the classic ways that you were taught. That ingenuity, that's a really good way to do it. I'm glad that was brought up. Thank you, Arduin, for coming up with that. That's um, good. I like that a lot. I actually, just just to point out, I actually did games played instead of part days. Gotcha. Just so I wouldn't be stuck on level one for five part days. But like, even so, like I don't know how many games you guys play on your part days, but I'd, mm -hmm. I'd do like two games of Scout, and then I'd play Healer or something. Mm -hmm. And it still took me a while to get to level six again. And when I got to level six, I was like, oh, man, I <laughs> I appreciated level six at that point. <laughs> you prestiged. Yeah. It's weird, it's, weird to, it's weird to miss. It's weird to miss Adaptive Blessing, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a good way to think about that. Like, prestiging your way through your class is... I might do that with Bard and just go back to having a stick and some shoves. It's kind of fun. I've done I've done a little bit of because I'm I'm currently pushing for my Paragon Druid as well, so I've done a little bit of, of it as well. Just played played level one, and it's it's pretty pretty funny to see. I've definitely done that with uh with peasant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that level six pitchfork is real great. Yeah, real good. Yeah, that's that's brave of you. <laughs> <laughs> that's so brave. <laughs> All right, so we're at audience questions. Um, I don't know, check if we have any audience left. Um, we do. Rand, if you want to unmute yourself, if you have any questions, you are free to ask them. Otherwise, uh, we'll move on to spicy, constructive spicy takes. So, Rand, you got any questions? Um, yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I got three questions. <laughs> awesome. uh, oh, now I got to remember them. Um, the, the first one is, what is your favorite thing about being, whether it be like a Paragon or just your favorite thing about being a Paragon Scout? What is your, th or just even playing the game? Like, what's your favorite? Uh, well, let's start with Snow and then we'll go around. Uh... Just because I got mine back in, in early 7 and late 7, because um, they accidentally awarded me two Masterhoods for the nice. same thing. Nice. Um, I would have to say it's the ability to, <laughs> as dumb as it might sound, the ability to 
be able to tell people how the class used to be. Mm-hmm. A lot of the new blood coming in is only seeing what you're seeing now and the changes that are happening now. They don't realize how the class used to be. Mm-hmm. It used to be just a quest class. It really only shined when you were doing quest games. It really wasn't a, a battle game class. So I think what I enjoy most is being able to take that history and bring it over. It helps me overall love Scout more. Um, but being able to tell, you know, newer players coming in who ask about it, like, you know, hey, you know, how did the class used to be? I think that's what I like most about it is watching the class and seeing how much it's changed. And going back to a question that we had earlier, whereas, you know, it's written to be a, a you know, weaker class. I don't really see that. Granted, I do agree with not having enough abilities. We only get like one or two, you know, in the abilities. So I wish we had more, but that's generally how the class has always been, at least as far back as I've played. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, it's gotten even stronger because we are more offensively capable than we were back years back. Mm-hmm. So that's what I like about it is being able to actually have lived and seeing the changes now. That's really cool. The history behind things. I'm super obsessed yeah. with it because it's, it's – I'm belted to Sir Michael, so I listen to stories from old days all oh, the yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that stuff. I love the histories. Um, I do also love the weird fact that Scout was not a class until the five. Five, yeah. And then and then I can't remember the name of the person who created it, but that, that's if, like – Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Good. I don't know the name of it. Do you know? Uh, what? Go ahead. What was it? Who who started Scout? I, that I don't know. My yeah. history doesn't go back that far. I just know one ability that I did miss was uh, I think Scout got it, and it was uh, back in six, and I believe it was called Animal Companion or something like that. You oh. could uh, you could choose any anybody from the field to be up to a level three animal fighting companion for you, and they would fight alongside you. <laughs> so it didn't, it didn't have any stipulations. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty broken, but it was this fun. Bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, what, so what I'm hearing is that um, scouts need lycanthropy others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we, we get, right? We yeah. Animal companion, lycanthropy other. I mean, I would love that. We've got, uh, and I know this happens in Texas, um, I don't know about VO. I haven't been out to VO yet. So uh, we've got some very heavy tournament fighters that don't participate in battle games as classes very often. They'd be great animal companions. That's (laughs) uh, primarily why that disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, hey, hey, almost warlord. Come here. (laughs) Hey, dag player. (laughs) (laughs) Come here. Yeah, you're going to go beat people with the stick. You can be my bear. Let's go. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, sorry, Ren, for being so long-winded on that question, but that's why that's what I like about it. No, I really liked your answer. Thank you for that. That was awesome. History is always a good thing to know. Unfortunately, Amphgar doesn't repeat history very often. We're bad at it. We'll get better, <laughs> we'll get better at it at some point. Uh, Torgan, same thing, that question. Uh, I guess one of the great things about being a Paragon is actually encountering people who are interested in the class and actually being able to educate. Um, that also leads to other questions about various aspects of the game that we go into. You know, like, oh, now we're going to educate about enchantments, now we're going to educate about states, mm-hmm. and just overall being able to help others understand the rulebook better. 
teaching aspect is super important. I really enjoy I mean, obviously, I run this thing. <laughs> Storm? Um, I'm just going to leave it with teaching because um, if anyone saw my video feed of a little white ghost going through my feed, that was actually Rin. She, she's here. Oh. So if she has any other questions, she can ask me. But, um... I was going to uh, tell you later that you were just haunted. Right? Yeah. <laughs> she was the little blanket ghost. But, um, teaching is a big thing for me. I love having apprentices and being able to focus like I, I mean i like teaching without that as well i do it all the time uh mm. america showing up to my classes um for battle games and for druid specifically yeah, but um that more at the end okay um but uh uh the fact that i it, it's almost like a belted line in a way that you can focus with your with your uh, apprentice and work with them to better themselves and i love that but yeah, I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> uh, going to one of your apprentices that got the silver trim, Arduin. Yeah, well, I learned I learned from Storm and he like he he would message me cuz we're not at the same park. He would message me and say, "Hey, what do you need from me?" And I'd say, "I don't know. I feel I feel like a challenge this week." And that was always it, like that's really what helped me become a paragon and in, in teaching and stuff and that's one of the most important aspects to me is like someone saying hey what can i work on this week and i'm like oh well let's let's work on this together and like i just love i love having that it's we used to do we used to do trials kind of similar to how I can't remember your your bard Broton. paragon's name. Broton. Yeah. He gave you that trial of uh, only using your per life and dagger and stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, you would do the same thing for scout. It would be like you know get get a kill with your throw uh, for one of your games or something like that, and just try and work on your throwy th uh, aiming and stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we uh, we're about so we're both Canadians, and we're about our parks are pretty new compared to probably what your guys are. I think Western Winds is what 2010. That it started and mine's 2012 yeah. so very very new but they're very far apart like we're about nine hours away so mm -hmm. it's not like i can go to his park often and train with him so it was very helpful to you know um we would set a trial and i would also try to try to do the trial as well and then we would just compare notes essentially and it was very helpful that's a good way to do it is work with like follow alongside do the stuff with your apprentice or even if you're doing knighthood to squire like that same yeah thing because even if even if um because then it allows me to like if i'm giving him a trial and i and i don't know if it's too hard or not you know like it's like if i try it then i know right, right. and uh it always allows me as a teacher to learn alongside them and see what i need to improve as well mm -hmm. which is cool yeah it sounds like teaching and uh educating the populace and people that are interested is one of the best parts of being a paragon i agree it's it's yeah. it's great, man. I mean, it, it's part of the silver trim. People are going to ask you questions. People are going to want clarifications. People are going to want to learn why you took this time to go get that silver trim. And being able to enlighten them and bring some new uh, ideas to their game is one of the best things ever. Like, we went to uh, we went to Texas a couple years ago, and we found somebody was already using catch and release. And we are like... That's awesome. We just found that. And you've been using it for like four months. Great. There's just like <laughs> a great explosion of like, oh, we're going to do this over and over again. Everyone's going to get to learn it. 
It was great. All right, Rin, what's the other question? Four questions. You had two, two more. Yeah, I got two more. Thanks for answering those. Um, the second one is for anyone that's striving for their paragonhood, uh, what would you, what pieces of advice would you recommend to anyone striving for their paragonhood? Uh, we'll start with uh, Arduin. Uh, make sure you're still having fun with the class because I have seen more than a few people get burnt out just because like they're stressed about it like we don't become paragons because we want the silver trim like i think if you become a paragon just to say you're a paragon then like that's that's really not worth it like i i got my paragon because i love the class and i wanted to strive for that mm. and anytime i felt burnt out i was like okay i'm just gonna I'm gonna switch things up and i'm gonna Try, try playing healer for a couple weeks and come back to this and see how I feel or just try something new like you got to have fun is mm -hmm. my biggest my it's biggest a goal thing. it's a goal not a need it's a goal yeah mm -hmm. Storm? um I've, I've already forgotten the question it's advice, uh, uh for paragons or advice oh, for people um, that want to be paragons uh travel is pretty big um, yeah. if you're, if you're not testing yourself with people that you're not used to, then mm -hmm. you're not going to get there as quickly. No, it's... Um, that's, a, that's a big thing. Steel sharpens steel. Unfortunately, if you rub two pieces of steel against each other long enough, they wear out. That's what happens. Yeah. Go find other pieces of steel. Uh, Torgan. Uh, never be afraid to ask or talk to anyone else, even if it's someone else who's, even someone who's a paragon of another class or anything like that, talk to them. Ask questions. Mm -hmm. You'll learn from so many different sources, it's not even funny. Oh, yeah. It's... Most of my paragonhood I can attribute to traveling around with four other people on the on other paragon paths and just, like, running through ideas that way different perspectives snow i would definitely have to say don't get hung up on it it's great it's it's great to accept teachings from others they can teach you how to fight how to shoot how to cast spells like them all day every day bottom line is you will never cast like them you're just your own individual hmm. don't be afraid to act on what you think the spell or the way you should throw a shot or the way you should shoot or the way you should play your class, you should act on it. Because that, in the end, is the individuality you're looking for. You don't want to be thrown into a bucket full of you know other people playing the same class. Mm -hmm. You just got to stick out. And overall, yeah, it's been, I mean, we've hit on this tons of times. Have fun. Oh, yeah. This game is a game. It's a hobby. Yes. None of us are getting paid to become paragons. Like, yeah, that'd be great. Man, yeah. if only. <laughs> <laughs> we, we'd have some real toxic paragon hoodness stuff. <laughs> we were getting paid to become paragons. Dear God. Um, I'm going to jump in and say, watch this show. That's my recommendation. Get better. Uh, I was actually gonna say that too. Um, I've learned so much from watching the like 
uh, I've watched the Druid one first because that's what I was striving for. But I've learned so much more from the other videos. Yeah. Like, it's different perspectives, different ideas, different uh, ways to come around to. I mean, archery is in Druid, Scout, Assassin, Archer. Uh, you've got options. Not all of them are the same answer, but they all incorporate archery. They're going to have different opinions, figuring out different ways to use it. They Archers might come up with some answer that doesn't work for assassins, and assassins might come up with an answer that doesn't work for scouts. Vice versa, everything around. It, different and it, it might be spread. not as uh, it might be not as straightforward either. Like, mm -hmm. our, uh, like you were saying, like it, it might not be the same thing for an assassin or a druid or anything like that, but you can kind of adapt it as well, mm -hmm. right? Like, for example, um, the the bluff casting from your healer video. Yeah. Um, I didn't really think about that much of it until I watched the video. And then I was like, you know what? A lot of people in my park know what heat weapon is. And as a druid, mm -hmm. I can use that to my advantage, mm -hmm. you know? And it's just not something that I would have figured out until I saw a different perspective of it. Mm -hmm. It's definitely... Uh, that's kind of the point, is to open... And that's the point of travel is opening your eyes to different opportunities, different ways of thinking, different skills. Because, I mean, if you have a park, if you, even if you have a duchy level park, that's still only like up to 60-ish people before it turns into a grand duchy. That's 60 people. They're probably going to start growing towards the same metas. They're going to have similar fighting styles. Unless they also travel a lot, they're going to start falling into the same habits. Go find somebody else. Go... Go find another park to, to, to have fun and, and get beat up at because that is a way that you learn to get better. That, that assassin bomb technique, I didn't learn until I traveled. You know, I didn't learn until I went to a, a pack war, I think it was. Mm -hmm. It's a, a local uh, event. And it was, a, it was a bigger event. And that's the, that, the only time I learned that was the assassin was like, track me. I'm going to walk that way. I'm going to blink that way. Track me. I'm like, uh, okay, I don't even know your name, so I'm going to use the, the scripters and, and stuff, right? But um, it worked. He killed five people right in a row because they were they were walled, right? They were, they were shield walling. Oh, yeah. And he just walked walked behind him. He tapped all five of them because they didn't know it. Boom. And I was like, wow, that was so useful. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What's the last question, Rin? Uh I might not ask this really well because I don't know how to word it, um, so just bear with me. How... I feel like, um, you know, this it's a really good accomplishment when you become a paragon and get the silver trim. So what would you say is like your proudest moment of becoming a paragon? Is it like the day that you got your silver trim? Like when you like, did you guys get to celebrate or was it a certain battle game that you're really proud of? Like, so feel 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 free to brag because you guys have bragging rights. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with Torgan on this one. Nice. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't I'm sound just... so sure right now. <laughs> sorry, yeah, should I brag? This is me picking no, on Tori just a little yeah. bit. Because Target is right. one of our newest knights, and I, I know he's very humble, and I'm just going to make him brag about himself right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, yeah. Tell you, I'll tell you about a really, really weird moment that made me think a little better about Paragon and all the good nonsense. Um, question. I know I am, <laughs> but I, I remember walking out as Scout with this sash, and I had people be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got a Paragon now. Oh, you got something. I'm like, I'm oh, sorry, what? Oh, that's right. <laughs> so 
it gives you that little reminder that you have a bit of responsibility as a paragon. <laughs> that you need to keep your head in the game a little bit. Mm -hmm. it's... Um, yeah. <laughs> that silver trim's a target. As much as it is like a badge of honor, it's also a target. Yep. Um, the storm. As far as breaking goes, not that much. <laughs> um, so for me... Um, mine was, when I got my Paragon Hood, it was a little harder for myself. Um, when I got mine, I would have, I would be what you would have called a Park Paragon. Mm -hmm. Um, just with how it would, uh, was given out. And I know a lot of people were not happy about that. And they, sh they told me, and it was, it was really hard for me to, you know, prove myself after I got my Paragon Hood. Mm -hmm. So the, when I got my Paragon Hood, I wasn't super thrilled with it. What I was thrilled was was when Arduin got his Paragon Hood. Because I was up on stage with him when he got it. And it was really special for me, for him to reach his goal and for me to be there with him. That that was that was a big deal for me. It's always cool to see the people you teach and have helped raise, are, are raised and, and uh, acknowledged by the peers and everybody else that they have made it, even though you know yeah. they've made it at that point. It's good to see the, the acknowledgement. Yeah, and not to make it about myself, but it, it helped me feel a lot better for um, ha having the sash on me, you know? Because mm -hmm. like I said, a lot of people, for a lot of years, I stopped playing Scout altogether because of all the hate I was getting for the sash. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel a lot better when I saw a really good friend of mine who had pushed himself to get this um, award get it. And it made it made him feel great, but it also made me feel that I was doing the job that I should be doing. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Arduin? That's what Storm said. <laughs> <laughs> we got really drunk that night. <laughs> As we have, we have, allowed to. we have photos and videos of us. Oh, it was hilarious, man. It's carousing around events with people that are getting awards is so much fun. I highly recommend it for everybody. Um, that has nothing to do with Paragon Hood, though. Just do it in general. I don't care if you're on the path or not. Go carousing. <laughs> um, do you have anything else on that, Arduin? Well, it's like that night, it was just like the recognition was nice. And uh, like knowing that my hard work paid off and my friend got his Paragon Monk at the same event. Oh, good old Sedge. Like, it was just... It was just nice, like knowing that, like it it wasn't over, but it was like I've I've reached this, and I'm just gonna keep on going. Mm -hmm. But now, like now, I can flaunt it a little more. <laughs> it's a, it's the beginning of another journey. It's not mm -hmm. the, the the last goal of any of them. It's the beginning of a new one. It's like it's like you said with um the the level six to Paragon or what what I said with the level six to Paragon. Yeah. It's like a it's it's like another, uh, it's like another uh, threshold that you get. You mm -hmm. know, like the MMO RPG thing. It's just an, a, the second stage. Yeah. And now you can go up from there. I've never stopped learning, even with Paragon. You know. Or should you? Yeah. you? Always have the opportunity to learn. Always keep learning because game's gonna change. Meta's gonna change. Rules are gonna change. Figure out a better way around. If a rule changes, make the best of it. Right. Snow, 
Did you hear the question? I know you were bouncing around for a minute. Sorry. Uh, one more time, what was it? It was the, uh, what's like your proudest moment or something you're really proud oh. of about being a Paragon? I would have to say definitely uh, getting my first one was definitely the the proudest moment just because I had been playing several years at that time. And it was finally, you know, it's like I, I work. I still remember the day it was uh, they called me up to get it. And I honestly, I I uh, was trying to uh, um, what's the word for it? Just tr trying not to accept it because I just didn't feel that I was ready. <laughs> and, it, and it took some people just going, shut up, go get your award for me to go up there to go get it. But um, <laughs> I think it's probably knowing the the times when I got it. So the, the first one, I think was awarded to me because uh it was battle the uh what was it it was a forest war back at clan and it was uh out of all the scouts there uh we were having a huge game and um people were you know were teleporting behind our line to come back and, and kill us that way it was out of all the scouts there it was pretty much my name that i was hearing called the most it was like hey you've got people go track them go kill them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's being, being needed like that. And the fact that, you know, my overall goal was, and still is playing scout is when you hear scout, that my name is what I want to come first. It's like mm -hmm. your scout, my name. And that's what I wanted. And then the second time after playing and, and getting awarded my masterhood again was uh, being able to physically see the battlefield stop not just at a park level but at a kingdom level event to just to just take an entire flank by yourself and see everything in front of you that whole crowd just stop and think about for a second who's in front of them and what they've seen you do in the past right that overall was probably the greatest moments those two yeah. it, it all boils down to that that you know battlefield uh presence yeah. It's you're you're one you're one dude facing down everything that should probably kill you, but the fact that your presence there alone made all of that stop, even for a few seconds, for them to all think, wait a minute, this guy's in front of us. Yeah. That in itself is something. It's if you can get your name recognition to the point that people pause, that's some that's you've made it, basically, at that point. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that. I probably have to say those are my greatest moments, and 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 why I like the uh, scout one. Just it. I don't know. I think like when I when I played. So I've been playing now for about eighteen, almost twenty years, mm -hmm. and uh, to take this class when I first started, take a totally underdog class that nobody played because it was just a a quest game and not really quest not many quest games were played to take it and and make it something that that people fear mm -hmm. when they step in front of you was great and that's that's what i liked and then you know i set out to do that and i still try to set out and do that every time i play it's a worthy goal it's getting harder because classes are a lot oh, yeah. more balanced and we have uh ridiculously large battlefields with like 600 people on them. There's just so many people. Um, yeah. I want more people on battlefields, by the way. I just, it gets <laughs> yes. chaotic as all hell when you're like, hey, we have to balance a 300 v 300. Oh, a what? Yep. Okay. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, any oh, yeah. audience questions? 
No. Oh, Maddox, you got a question? What drove you all to scout? I think my. Well, I I couldn't drive, so my mom. No, what I'm talking <laughs> oh, about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was kidding. I'm I'm sorry. Why did you uh, choose the scout class? Uh, well, guys, if you don't mind, I I can take this one first, real quick. Absolutely. Um, uh, what drove me to the class, honestly, realistically, was it was some of the first times I've ever came out to Amp Guard and I was able to really choose my class and no one picking it for me. And I just really went with the the underdog class. I was like, you know, I'm the underdog here. I'm starting out as level one everything. I don't know how to fight. I don't know how to shoot. I don't know what magic is. Um, I want a class that I can grow with and is going to grow with me. So I chose Scout. Uh, let's go downwards, Torgan. So, like I said earlier, um, when I went to Wolfheim, like, there was four or five assassins running around, so it was strictly just, like, a meta play. But the more I played it and the more I read the rules up, it kind of matched some of the things I was interested in. Like, roleplay-wise, I started thinking heavily on becoming, like, a monster hunter type of thing and thinking that the scout was able to be flexible against all the different monsters out there. So that made it more appealing and more attractive as well. So A, I had a roleplay thing for it, and B, it was able to perform very well. I mean, you've got the, the wild man look going now. You could, you could yeah. roll that in. <laughs> yeah. Storm? So, mine's a little bit more nerdy. Um, when I first started, actually, the, the photo that Merrick picked is like five years old. I know, but it's like five <laughs> years old. Um, so when I first started playing Scout, I had just finished leveling Monk, and the reason I played Monk in the first place wasn't actually because it was a, I was new and it was an easy class to get into. I am a huge weeb. I love my <laughs> Japanese stuff. Um, so I was wearing I I, I went to a um, or I, I, there's a website. I found a like a, a LARPing Hakama pants and kimono, and that's what I wore for my Monk gear. And then when I went into my next class, I was like, okay, so what what would work? I was like. Hmm. I know that Assassin says Ronin in one of its things, and I know that Warrior says, uh, I think it says uh, Musashi as one of um, their things, but I think Scout fits more for the Samurai than I do at those other classes. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly why I went the next day, I ended up, or the next day I started saving up for the armor that's in that photo, and I started playing Scout that way. Nice. Whatever brings cool. you to it. Yeah, and then later on, um, I do have my armor thing here. I didn't know if I would need it to show off, but um, I am a big Lord of the Rings fan as well, and uh, I it it honestly it makes me mad more than it should. That it's called Scout and not Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's Ranger. Let's be real. But why? I, no, I'm not getting into that. But um, yeah. that that's what brought me to it. It might be a and d licensing thing. Like, the same reason we don't call Assassin Rogue. Yeah, but Scout's scouts in there as well for the Rogue archetype. Yeah, it's literally so... having an ability called Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At some point, we're getting confused in a bunch of different things moving yeah. around. I mean, I get it, but, like, Strider is in one of the things to... Like, it's Ranger. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, Arduin, why'd you go to Scout? I know you said you loved it. 
Yeah, I've always just been interested in the ranger concept and like the versatility was a big thing as well because I was like I played barbarian for my first two days because they said they play barbarian it's it's easy mm-hmm. and then I looked at scout and I was like oh well I can use a lot of weapons and I can try different things out and so I picked it up like it was it was easy to pick up really mm-hmm. because I could I could try different things and it wasn't like warrior where I could use every weapon, but I was useless if I didn't have any armor. Yeah. <laughs> like at least at least I had like I can use a lot of weapons, I can try different things, but also like I can still help out on the field. Yeah, true. It's a I mean tracking at level one. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, do we have any more audience questions? No. All right. Um, so, constructive spicy takes. These are entirely optional. <laughs> um, I say constructive because on my first episode we had some spicy takes that were not so constructive, and then I stopped doing it for a bit, and then we brought it back. Uh, but they're now called constructive spicy takes. So, does anybody have any constructive spicy takes about Scout or Paragon Hood in general? Yeah. Yeah. Start. Uh, Scout is the best class for newbies, and you can't change my mind. I do not disagree. <laughs> like, like everyone, everyone, everyone says monk and barbarian, but actually, I've already prepared for this. I have the scout, I have the rulebook open right now, and I'm going to walk through it just so everyone understands my point of view here. Um, you have three points of armor, you have shields, you have a lot of weapons, but what you don't have for weapons is flail and great weapon, which are two things that you do not want to give a new person, oh, yeah. right? Um, if they start going through, if you start going through the, the leveling system and they, they've, the chances are is that you're, what we should be doing is teaching them how to use their abilities mm-hmm. for uh, essentially a year because they're leveling in about a year, yeah. right? So let's go with number one, tracking. They now know what, obsist- obsist- oh, I can't talk, insubstantial is and know how to combat it with their ability. Right. Uh, heal is a big spell in a lot of uh, well, every pretty much every spellcaster, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. And um, okay, well, so three of them. We get, Does wizard get it? I can't remember. Wizard doesn't get it either. But bard okay. gets adapted or not adapted. Uh, battlefield triage, which gives greater heal. Right. Eh. But the the fact that you can it basically pushes you to learn the incant which mm-hmm. means that you've also learned the resurrecting cant because it's just one change. Yes. So when you go into if you when you le- you've finished your leveling of scout and you want to go into let's say healer, you already know what you need to know, right? Mm-hmm. Um release is also Try a really again. big thing. We were talking about the catch and release um ability that a lot of uh players utilize to turn release into a kill spell and you can do that as well with scout. Um yeah. shadow step allows you to use that insubstantial state for yourself that you've been taking assassins out of already. Um, Dispel magic is a huge part of our game when it comes to enchantments. Every one, every one of the spellcasters has some form of enchantment. I know Bard has less of it. No one uses uh, Silver Tongue. <laughs> uh, and more, more people should use Sleight of Mind, but in my area, they don't, and it makes me mad. But... Um, 
they now know what enchantments are and what to do against them, mm -hmm. right? Uh, evolution allows you to use those enchantments effectively. So now you know how to get rid of enchantments and how to use them effectively. Uh, hold person allows you to use start learning states. So now you know what the stop state is. With the release, you know how to take people out of said states. You probably know at this point what Frozen does because you've been using your catch and release or at least been taught about it. Right. And then um, Adaptive Blessing allows you to ignore spells, essentially, or at least one. So now you learn this, you're now starting to learn the schools. You're now starting to learn all the abilities that other classes have. If you hear, I command thee, you know that you might not have to... Um, take it if you've taken that adaptive blessing command my power shoves thee if i have an adaptive blessing for sorcery i don't have to take that mm. and now you've learned basically in the year that you've been learning and if you're taking your level test which i know a lot of people don't mm -hmm. but if you're at least teaching you've learned your heal incant you've learned release you've learned dispel magic you've learned what in sub is you've learned what stopped is and you've probably learned what frozen is and you've learned how to combat certain schools of magic hmm. and in my opinion once you go into the next class like for even if you go like oh well my second class i'm gonna go as barbarian well you've learned what how powerful those immunities can be hmm. you've learned um what you may be weak against since you can't take enchantments since you used to be able to take enchantments as scout hmm. you know it, it opens your like it's i get a little frustrated when people say monk and barbarian hmm. are the beginning classes just because it's a beginning class because it allows you to ignore things. Right. It's not teaching Which in them my, to interact with It's not spells. teaching them how to work with them. Yeah. And I think Scout is a really good way of doing that. Yeah. Like, like pick a class. Like, you, if you started with Scout first and you go into another class, you've probably learned something from Scout that lets you excel into another class. Archer is a really good one. You, you learned the power of bow, and you've probably had your bow broken before, which means you know how powerful <laughs> men can be. Yeah, you know, fragile bow. Yeah, yep. um, even even monk. It's like you, you've had resistances before. Now you can ignore most verbals. Yeah, you've got immunities and things. You, yeah, you, you've up. learned that from you've learned that from basically putting yourself through the through the gauntlet and going right. through scout. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It steps you up to different things. I mean, I think barbarian does a similar thing, just at a different rate because it teaches you two immunities um although those two immunities are really really common so they're eh. but like paladin anti-power would also be a decent starting point because it is similar to that point it learns you it, it allows you to ignore two things but learn about them later scout does uh the same thing but with states because right. you're going in states first yep. instead of immunities first, and it's it's a little bit different perspective. I think, but it, most in my opinion, do you want to learn the states first anyway? Probably, especially the way our, oh. game, our game goes. Like uh, yeah. currently with ice ball, ice ball is a big deal. Yeah, and everything, <laughs> the, the states are probably more important than immunities of schools at this like immediate moment. Um, we'll see how that changes if the introduction of uh, uh, anti paladin and paladin come in because that's two more immunity, two more immunity immunity classes that have uh, precedent on the field now. And I don't agree. Uh, I don't disagree with the, the fact that Barbarian might be a good starting class, mm -hmm. but, but there are problems with it. Yeah. At I mean, first level, they have... I mean, yeah, there's <laughs> problems with everything. But what I, what I mean is that at level one, they have access to great weapons. As yeah. a new player, 
that's not a good good idea and you don't really want to stiff arm them and be like well i know you can actually use it but <laughs> i'm not giving you not, a 13 new. foot polar not today yeah and then a level two, I believe it's level two, they get fight after death. And that's not a good thing oh. for a new player. Is it two or you know? three? I think it's two or three. Uh, fight after death is two. Yeah. two. yeah. So after a month of playing, do you think that they're going to be able to use fight after death safely? I don't eh, think so. Probably not. No. Yeah. That is a different problem, though. I think it's with fight after death, not with the barbarian class. Right. But, I mean, you can avoid that problem by not giving them barbarian. You can just give yeah. them scout. And then they learn. My... my my point of view of it is that I want to set these new players up for success so that they stay mm -hmm. and they don't get discouraged after they've leveled up Barbarian and now go to a different class and they don't know anything of that new that new <laughs> class because they didn't get exposed to it. They've been immune you know? to too many things for too long. Exactly. Well, Monk is even worse for it because they can literally ignore everything that's ranged. Yeah. For the most part, aside from, you know, heat weapon, pyrotechnics, yeah. and stuff that triggers weapons. But, like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My my opinion is that after you've leveled a full year of um, scout, you know a lot of things that will help you at least a little bit in the rest of the classes. Mm -hmm. You know, even even assassin, you had throwies as scout. Now you have lighter throwies as as assassin. True. Yeah, you get used to throwies. You, know? you get a little bit of everything. So you get more shadow steps than you used to, and you have more oh, abilities for the in sub. Right. So now you know how to use those effectively. That's true. My my take on it. Um, do we have any other constructive? Uh, spicy takes. Hot takes. No? I'm sorry, I talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like talking, I like talking <laughs> battle games. So, uh, if that's all of our, our spicy takes, um, let's go... Let's plug anything that anybody's got going on. I know that we're slowly starting to open up. Certain kingdoms are opening now. Events might start happening shortly. Uh, this will be up in about a week. So uh, if there's any events, podcasts, activities, things like that, anybody wants to plug, do it now. I do weekly classes uh, for battle games. Every uh, I do one class for my park page. Um, and then my second class is at my kingdom page, and I alternate. And that's what I usually do. Um, so if you guys want to chat battle games, a lot of people would love a different point of... I, I find that um, my my kingdom in particular would benefit from seeing a different point of view than just what our kingdom is. Where um, can they what, find those? Uh, so my park one is the Barony of Ominous Valley. Um, that, not a lot of people show up to that one, and normally it just ends up being me talking with friends because that's what we do. Um uh, but we also have the Kingdom of Viridian Outlands, and I do... That one's our Kingdom one, and that one's usually bigger. I get more variety there. Mm -hmm. And those are every Friday around 5 o'clock. Do you have a um, link in stuff for all that? Um, oh, yeah, you put a link there. Actually, I don't, because I normally, I normally don't post it until, like, the day before. But if you're on, if you're on those pages, I can... Um, I'll, I'll post them, and um, I'm sure I can find your guys' names too as well, so I can always let you know. Mm -hmm. I have no problem messaging anyone that forgets. I've been to a couple. They're fun. We talk about a bunch of random stuff. <laughs> learning learning about... The last one of learning about Heat Weapon was really awesome. I, I really enjoyed that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Okay. The difference between... The difference with Heat Weapon... Like, a lot of people like to drop Heat uh, when oh. their weapon when they get... 
But it's okay. it's specifically um uh what's the word? Uh the difference between buried and yielded. Yeah. So the because uh, that was on the wiz was that on the wizard one? Yes. Yeah, this yeah. is the wizard one where we talked about uh uh heat weapon specifically says the player can no longer wield that weapon. Carried is a separate thing. It just you can't swing it at people. Basically. And the fact that release, the fact that release works on it, right. So as a as for as myself as a druid, if I get heat weaponed, I don't have to drop my weapon, and I can swift release it if I really wanted to, and I still have that weapon. Yep. It's a, it's a, it is a game changer. That is a game changer because I didn't actually know that. Yep. It's fun. Yep, it's 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 the same with um, gift of air. It doesn't. It just says that you can't wield weapons when you have gift of air. That doesn't mean that you can't put them on your sword frog, because you're not wielding them. Yep. That I knew. Okay, so it's the same thing with heat weapon. It it just says that you can't wield it, so you can still hold it as long as you're not using it. Yeah, it's the difference between wielding carried, and so one of those weird right. intricate details that you have to go hunting for to find, and then you find it, and you're like, oh, that changes like a couple things. Yeah, it's kind of um, like how Sanctuary is specific to, um, you have to drop your weapons when you activate it. Yeah. That's uh, why it's specific. Yeah. Anything else people want to plug? Events coming up. Um, we got GAC. We, we yep. have GAC coming up in, if you're August in the Midwest, it is August 20th to the 21st. Um, it, uh, it's in Northern Minnesota-ish. Ish. Yeah, sure. It's um, like two hours north of the cities. Um, I know uh, CK's fully back up, open up again, right? For the most part. Um, There's still, I mean, we still don't have, you know, Spring War and our Inner Kingdom yeah. events and stuff like that happening. But we do have uh, some park mid-range that have been happening now here and there. Uh, so... Uh, a few parks are still shut down, but that's just based on, on them, their preference on being shut down. And then we still have some parks that are just been playing nonstop. So. Each game is different. Um, all right. I think that covers everything. We've got plugs. This should hopefully be up uh, as long as my computer doesn't decide to do anything wonky with it again. Uh, Friday. And uh, I wanted to say this was super fun. I'm really excited to be back to doing this from a one week break so thank you all for joining me and uh pre-recorded merrick will roll us out this has been another episode of the paragon path if you liked what you heard or saw please drop us a like and follow on youtube or spotify or google music or anywhere else that you can find us we have a facebook page on the path that lets you know when we're recording what you can join into and what to expect next we record these episodes live every other weekend on the Kingdom of Polaris Discord. Link is in the comments. If you'd like to learn more, please subscribe, comment, or just drop us a line. As always, happy to see you on the field. See you next time.